It's the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast with your friend Mike. It's the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast that you like. Cause it's free. Here he comes now. He's gonna sit down. It's gonna start. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? Oh, dudes, gross. Fucking, uh I, I hate starting the show on a gross note. Nobody wants to do that, right? Uh, who, whoever else has started the show on a gross note? Do you think Mariah Carey's ever started a show on a gross note? Just ever came out and just kind of like, ugh, just sounded like she was lacking up a fucking clam? How nasty would that be? That's got to be, because uh, I'll tell you this. Mariah Carey's fan base, even if she came out on stage and she's like, oh, everybody would be like, genius. Oh my Christ, that's the greatest thing ever. That's her imitation of what Tommy Matola sounded like when she told him she wanted a divorce. That's Mariah. She's a genius. Uh, that's her imitation of what Nick Cannon sounded like in the morning because Mariah Carey never puts out a gross note, but she does, right? You have to think if Mariah Carey was hit by a bus, she would make it sound that people wouldn't really like because her fans excuse everything at this point. You ever, there's a, I, I apologize. Let me, let me use the parlance of the young people now. I don't want to be this guy. Let me talk about... Uh, we no longer have fans anymore, as you know, folks. I mean, I look, I have a fan club, which is very nice. And there are people who enjoy my work and they're friends and fans, I suppose. But uh, I'm I'm heavily into social media. I don't know if you know this, folks. I have all sorts of different accounts that I'll tell you about later in the show. But in looking at those uh, those feeds streams, here's what I find out, folks. Uh, nobody's a fan of anybody anymore. You know what people do? They stand for people. Uh, no one's a fan. Like nobody's like, I I'm a fan of Mariah Carey. They're like, we stand for Mariah Carey because they took the, uh, the thing that Eminem invented as a pejorative. Please don't kid yourself. Stan is not a good song. Stan is not a good guy. And it's a song about an obsessive fan who essentially, if I remember correctly, now, again, I'm just trying to go from memory here. Uh, although, but I'll tell you, let's, if I'm wrong about this, by the way, what's it say about my memory? Let's talk about that for a second. But, uh, but I think, didn't he, he wrote a bunch of letters, basically, that he had like a not gay love, but then it turned to almost maybe a gay love for Eminem standard. And then he locks his girlfriend in the trunk and he drives off a bridge. Is that correct? Am I, am I, did I hear that song correctly? It's been a while since I listened to it. Uh, and yet, and yet folks, people heard that song and they went, that's the guy I want to be. I want to be a Stan. I want to stand for Mariah. I want to stand for Ariana Grande, uh, who is my favorite singing coffee. Please don't kid yourself. She is an absolutely unbelievably talented caffeinated beverage. Uh, I need to hear more about her, please. Right. Could we hear more about Ariana Grande? Because first she was railing Pete Davidson and his huge fucking donkey cock. And then she wasn't and they broke up and he's got a tattoo of her and she's got a tattoo of him. But, but here's the thing. When they got tattoos, everybody's like, Ooh, Pete and uh, Ariana got matching tattoos. Look at Pete Davidson. That, 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 you know what that guy looks like? (laughs) You ever, uh, he he looks like an empty thermometer, Pete Davidson. Like he has no color in him. He's just tall and bony and skinny. And and I've had this discussion many times with my friend Gio. You know Giovanni Giorgio Peluso, who is the uh, guy who handles our YouTube channel and all sorts of other brilliant things for this show. He's the coolest guy. And he is a uh, he's a I, I don't I, well I get, let's get it right. He's a stan of Pete Davidson. I think. Uh, he's going to send me the angriest text you've ever seen in your lives, folks. Like right, like now, right now I'm recording this and he has no idea in his, in his compound in Idaho right now, he, his thumbs are typing out a message to me that he doesn't even know why it exists. He's like a human Ouija board. Like right now I just said a bad thing where I'm like, he stands Pete Davidson and he's typing me the angriest, meanest text you could ever possibly hope to do so. And, uh, and he doesn't know why he's going to hit send on it. It's probably going to be done even before I fucking put the show out and I'm going to read it because he sensed it. He sensed a disturbance in the geo Pete Davidson force. Um, 
let's all right. Let's let's extrapolate this for just a second. Uh, Pete Davidson. I'm not. Uh, I don't love him. All right. I and I don't. If you like him, good for you. He's not for me. I'm old. I'm an old man. I I roll myself in the comforts of old comedy like Jack Benny and, and and things from the ancient past. That's a lie. But I mean, even even to this day, like I talked about, who was I talking to somebody on the uh, in in my car the other day? I was Ubering somebody. And, uh, oh, I thought there was some dude, uh, I can't even, all right. There was a guy, he was a nice person. Um, but it turned out we had a mutual friend and he mentioned that mutual friend. Uh, I fuck, I'm just going to do this. If you're on a bridge, watch out. Cause it's about to get burned. And I don't mean to be that guy. This guy was a nice person. He was a, he was a genuinely nice man. And I picked him up in an Uber and he was with a, a, another woman and, uh, and, and he decided and to tell me that, uh, I don't know. Look, I don't know if you're aware of this folks, uh, this gentleman, uh, well, I apologize. Uh, let's talk about his companion first. This, this woman he was with, get this, brace yourselves. Hold on. I hope you're sitting the fuck down. She's an actress. What? Holy fuck. Are you kidding me? How often do you run into an actress in Los Angeles? That makes no sense at all. Uh, and and uh, you hear me doing this now and think about me driving the car and trying to listen to their anecdotes and not go who the who what what who cares who cares nobody cares um but he is also another gentleman who is involved in all sorts of activities of of entertainment and show business because he asked me first like this is the weirdest thing i'm driving i'm not going to say this guy's name but again and because also this sounds like i'm making fun of him and i'm really not he was a lovely man but the, he asked me as i'm driving he also he chose pool by the way so it was two people in a pool look if you're a, if you're a person with another person don't pick a pool ride be a one person pool because because if you pick a two person pool ride, all you're doing is stealing money out of my goddamn pocket. You hear me? And also, by the way, I'm the oldest man on earth. If I even care about that sort of thing, there's no reason for me to go ahead and bitch and tell you not to do that. Do whatever the fuck you want. Don't listen to me. I'm a fucking grandfather. I'm I'm I am so furious. I don't have a lawn to tell you to get off of. That's that's the worst part. I've become the old man who wants to tell you to go off of his lawn, but I'm not successful enough to have a lawn. But <laughs> that is the worst disconnect in the history of the world. I'm like, hey, man, get off my lawn. Well, where's your lawn? Fuck you, man. Yeah, I'm a failure. I get it. Uh, I'm I'm a failure in that you want to argue with me, and I'm a failure in not having vegetation-based patch of land in front of my abode to tell you to get the fuck off of. That was a lot of fucking weird language. A vegetation-based patch of land in front of my abode? What the fuck? Is that the worst description of a lawn you've ever heard in your fucking life? I think it might be. Um, you Although, I'll tell you what. You want to fuck with somebody? Go outside and go, you kids, get off of my vegetation-based patch of land in front of my abode. And you're the fanciest fucking mean grandpa in the world. Wear a tie when you do it. Put on a bow tie. Wear a grandpa-based bow tie. Uh, grandpa-based bow tie? It's You know, you need to base all of your bow ties in grandpa-ness. That would be, I think that's a solid color bow tie. Grandpa's not going to have any sort of fancy pattern. Like, Paul F. Tompkins has probably got some fancy-ass bow tie with, like, sharks on it or something like that for Jaws. But, like, a grown-up, a, a grandpa-based bow tie, that's just straight. Yeah, that's your basic red, right? Bow ties do come in other colors. They come in, like, blue and all that. I'm... I can't tie a bow tie. I can tie a regular tie. I just saw, you know what? My buddy Tommy Packner, who's in Wisconsin, who's a fan of this show, he put out a Snapchat video and he's like, uh, I, he was wearing a tie to a concert because he plays a big fiddle. And he's like, hey man, I put on my tie, but did I tie it right the first time? No, I did not because I never do. And uh, I have to admit, I like Tom. He seems like a good guy. But um, Tom, you're like, I mean, you're 40, man. Fucking tie a tie on the first try. And at this point, because you're 40, if you tie it wrong on the first try, don't, who cares? Just go, I'm 40. I wear my tie the way I want. This is the way I was. This is the way I was learned. This is the way they learned me in the service, <laughs> uh, which I always think of every time I shave, 
which sounds weird. But I mean, I was taught to shave by my buddy Ransom because I didn't have a dad. Um, and and I, honestly, with the way my dad comported himself, maybe I'm glad he didn't hold a razor to my throat. Probably when I think about it, I, I got to be pretty happy about the fact that my dad, who was hiding whiskey bottles in the linen closet, didn't wander in with a straight razor and go, son, let's take care of that problem for you. Because uh, the last thing I'm doing is talking to you guys. I would have bled out at eight. That would have been fucking because again, he absolutely would have taught me to shave at eight. That's how that's how fucking crazy he was. He was just he was just this old fucking drunk. He would have wandered in at eight years old. He's like, all right, get over here. We're going to run a razor across your face. And then he would have just fucking sliced my throat and let me bleed out in the goddamn bathtub. And then my mom would have noticed in like a week or so because there were five of us to keep track of and she couldn't keep track of all of us at the right time. And finally, she would have been, where's Michael? Oh, no. Uh, Because she does call me Michael because every woman in my life calls me Michael. You know, Jill was the only one who didn't call me Michael. Like of all the the chicks I've railed and all the and all the parental and aunt units that I <laughs> that sounds I'm that's terrible to group them all together. My mom, all of my aunts, and every chick I fucked ever has called me Michael. However, uh, Jill was the exception. She called me Mike. She was the one. Um, so I, I, I is that a it's not look that's just an observation. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. What the fuck are we talking about? We we were going down a patch. We were, we had something to talk about. We were talking about bow ties. Did you hear that voice in the background? All right, well, let's address that really quick. Um, folks, it's the middle of December, and you know what happens in the middle of December. Santa Claus comes, and he leaves you presents at your house, wrapped or unwrapped. And this year, Santa came early, because it's right now Wednesday, December 12th. And, uh, you know, Santa flies through the sky. He has a bag full of toys. Well, this year, Santa came uh, aboard an American Airlines flight from Santiago, Chile. Uh, and he brought me uh, a six-foot two strapping gift of Kuwaiti national named Ahmad with a seven in the middle. Alawadi. There you go. Did you hear him? I hope you heard him. He's he's uh I'm recording while he's here, which is good and smart because that's what you do. You, you want to you want to have an audience. The most important thing too when I have somebody here to laugh and listen to the show is to make sure that I can't hear or see them. I would like to go ahead and lock them in a silent container, a, a soundproof chamber, not unlike they use in the game show. So then uh, I get no feedback whatsoever. I can't imagine that anybody's listening or laughing to this sort of thing because already I'm shouting into a fucking void by myself in a goddamn apartment. And then when I try to liven up by bringing a guy in from Kuwait, I flew this man in from so many from parts unknown. He's not even from Kuwait wait anymore this guy's like the missing link man he just fucking wanders in with skandor akbar and sits down to fucking have a laugh at whatever the fuck i'm talking about but unfortunately he sits out of eye shot and earshot, so i have no idea if he's enjoying the show so he's here he's lurking and you heard him yell yeah in the middle of this uh and he said bow ties is what we were talking about but i thought we were talking about something else we were talking about stands and fans and we were huh Oh, yeah, the razor. oh that's for oh, yeah because i was taught to shave by uh, uh when i talk about it makes me think of the military uh, it's because I was taught to shave by my buddy Ransom, who was a military guy. And uh, and so he taught me he taught me how to shave. And, you know, you use fucking hot water and you do this and the strokes are on the right way. And I think of it every time because I will sh- I shave in the shower. Now I have a shower mirror that you fill up with fucking hot water so it doesn't fog up. And then I shave in the shower and I still do this thing where I'll sometimes I'll shave, 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 normal, 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 the right way, the way I'm supposed to do. But then also I'll shave from the bottom, like from my Adam's apple up toward my eyes. Uh, that seems like a long stroke. I mean, I, I'm not going all the way up to my eyes, but I'm saying up like from the from the Adam's apple up instead of from the ear down on the neck. I'm going from the Adam's apple up kind of like scraping wise. I just bumped the mic and uh, and I, 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 I can still hear ransom go. No, don't. Uh, because he that was what he did the first time he ever saw me shaving because I was shaving. All right. We, we lived together. It was me and a bunch of fucking dudes lived in an apartment in Lake Tahoe. And I I. 
I was just, look, I was just trying to get along, man. That's all I was trying to do. I was lucky my father hadn't killed me when I was eight, as I mentioned. Uh, so I was shaving one day and Ransom just went, no, don't like that. And I was like, what? And he, because he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm shaving. He said, you don't shave that way. You shave like this way. And he showed me. And, uh, and so now I've been saved from myself because I was always like, you know, I would shave like that and I didn't cut myself, but I was always like really like fucking vibratingly raw. Like my face was just fucking hurting all the time. Um, and luckily, he was there to save me from myself at the age of 21 or whatever the fuck I was. Was I 20 or 21 when I moved in with him? 80? No, it's 91. Oh, I was 24 by the time I got to Tahoe, right? Yeah, because in 86, I was 19. Uh, what am I, Jackson Brown? Now, <laughs> in 65, I was 17. Uh, fuck all that. Um, but yeah, I was tw- God, I was 24 in Tahoe? Holy shit. 67, yeah, I moved there in... No, I moved to Tahoe in 89. Fuck that. Uh... Well, all right. No, I moved to Tahoe in fucking 87. Hold on a second. Folks, there's a good chance I'm having a stroke right now. I can't even remember my own goddamn life. In 67, I moved in 86 to California. And then in 87, I moved to Tahoe because I was 20 and I was underage working for a gambler. And then when I got to be 21, that's when I moved in because uh, all the shit at the fam with Guy, uh, he, we, we wound up living in Dolores' house. I told you all this fucking stuff. I found Dolores' vibrator. That was fun. Um so, so go listen to year one. I had to have covered all of this shit in year one. So I didn't run into ransom in those guys until I was like, I was just becoming 21. So, and I, I, I didn't move in with them until I, yeah, I was 21 when I moved in. So yeah, he saw me shave when I was 21. So I didn't learn how to shave uh, until I was 21. I was carving my face up like a goddamn game hen for years and years. Uh, and by years and years, I mean fucking what? Six. I, you don't start, when do you start shaving when you're fucking 14? I told you though, I see. I grant. I grew out that fucking horrible. I, I grew up mutton chops because, and it's funny. I will tell you this. I grew out the mutton chops, thinking, oh, and I've got hair coming to my face, so now I'm an adult. But also at the same t- same time, I was fucking scared to death because I didn't know how to shave my face, and there was no male role model. All, all you know, all the dudes who were <laughs> coming to my house, but, you know, they're all banging my mom, and nobody wants to teach me how to shave. That's 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 a real good way to lose your heart on for a chick. If you, if you show up at her house to fucking rail her, and then you're like, her fucking 13 year old is like, mister, can you show me how to shave, please? Can you teach me how to be a man? Uh, immediately, you pack up your fucking weed, and you run out the goddamn door, and then my mom is staring at me going, what the fuck, man? Why are you chasing off all my menfolk? Uh, there wasn't a lot of men folk. I don't want to make it sound like my mom had a goddamn conga line of dudes coming through the house, but there were a bunch of dudes that would show up periodically. Uh, as I've talked about Mike Carnett walking out in his underwear and you know, it's funny. I've, I've probably mentioned that I've had to have mentioned that 25 times on this show. And it, and it just shows you what an indelible mark it leaves on your mind to have something like that happen. So if you are a single person, man or woman, and you are bringing home people to sleep with or that you're dating, please make sure to buy them a robe or that they bring a robe in case you have children lurking about because they will always remember the sight of Mike Carnett, prison barber, going to a refrigerator and getting something out of it in the middle of the morning after he railed your mom. That's just, that's, that's not a memory anybody should ever have. And he, Mike Carnett, by the way, prison barber had the worst fucking haircut in the business and one of those bad like fuzzy pencil mustaches like if you get a pencil mustache you want to go straight john waters that's fucking fine i got no problem with that fucking be gay and wear cool ass clothes and and have divine eat a handful of dog shit and you can wear that kind of mustache you've earned the right but if you're just mike carnett drinking my mom's beer and fucking her and then walking out with that dude dude you're a prison barber trim up that goddamn mustache or even better have teach an apprentice print as a prison barber because you let's if look if you're prison barber let's let's go ahead and establish this right from the jump if you're the prison barber, 
You've got to hire an apprentice prison barber because if you don't, that indicates that you plan on being prison barber for a long goddamn time. Your goal should to never be prison barber for any more than whatever your sentence is. If you're the prison barber, immediately hire a guy who knows how to do your job. Now, I think what you're thinking to yourself is, well, no, because then that guy, what if he's a better barber than me and I get bumped and I got to go work in the fucking lunchroom or whatever the fuck? No, dude, here's the thing. You're the prison barber. You bring in a guy to be like an apprentice prison barber and A, he's going to always watch your back because he's happy that you got him out of the fucking drywall factory or whatever the fuck and you stopped from getting raped in the shower because he's in there mixing up your blue tonic. That's perfect. But also, dude, you now uh, have a guy who will watch your back and you have a, a fucking escape plan. If you settle in as prison barber and you start to like it, next thing you know, you're like, you're like the fucking... You're red. You know who you are? You're Morgan Freeman. You know, there's always like, he was a guy who could get things. You're a guy who can cut hair and they're never going to let you out. The warden's going to see you as being too valuable and he's going to frame you. And then you're going to fucking wind up, you know, setting up a goddamn phonograph to play symphonic music for everybody out in the the fucking jail yard. And then fucking the guy from Highlander is going to come in and smash you in the face with a nightstick. And then you're going to be cutting hair in prison for the rest of your goddamn life. And you'll never get to fuck my mom. That'll never happen, man. Do you want that to happen to yourself? Probably not. If you want if look, if you want a chance at railing my mom, you get an apprentice prison barber, goddammit. That's all I got to say to you. I don't know how you want to handle your fucking business, but take it from me, a guy who's lived this life. Fucking run with it, baby. <laughs> Foolish. Uh, all right, so Ahmad is here. He is lurking, and uh, and he is going to hopefully this week. We we've talked, or this this next two weeks. He doesn't. He, that's the thing. He's this is an open ended trip for Ahmad to the point where I'm wondering if things have gone awry in Kuwait. I'm not. I'm not sure what's happened to him, but he had told me he's like, hey man, because he just um, he didn't come here straight from Kuwait. I'll tell you that. Uh, our buddy Ahmad has been in. Uh, he was in South America for a while, dude. All right, well listen to this. Listen to this trail of woe. He fucking, he was in Kuwait and he told me, he's like, yeah, I think I'm coming out there. I don't know the date yet, but I'm going to buy a plane ticket and then I'm not sure how long I'm staying. Uh, and I said, all right, well, what are you doing? And he's like, well, first I'm going to South America for a while. And I go with who? And he goes, ah, some guys I know. And I'm like, all right. And then, and then what? I go, what's the plan in South America? He goes, ah, nothing. We'll probably just be in a lot of the outback kind of a hike. Maybe, uh, he, he would never be pinned down to exactly what his plans were in South America. If, well, okay, you've been vague the whole time. That, 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 I'm not lying here is, my, is your, what you're saying. Be, but that's because, look, it's a, it's a byproduct of the fact of the way that Ahmad lives his life. And in the larger uh, scheme of things, the way Kuwaitis live their lives. They, they don't have a care in the world. Do, are you aware of this? Kuwaitis just, they just trip the light fantastic and everything happens for them. You ever see one of those uh, like cartoons where uh, someone's walking and he walks off of a cliff and then he just kind of keeps walking and there's there's no bridge. There's no way to support him at all. And he somehow continues to walk. That's how Kuwaitis live their lives all the time. Nothing bad ever happens to them. Oingo Boingo originally wrote the song, Nothing Bad Ever Happens to Me. It's from the Kuwaiti perspective because nothing bad has ever happened to anybody in Kuwait, except for that nastiness in the early 90s. But that that's all. Look, that's all a memory. That's all that is now is a memorial in a park that I walked through. Nobody out there even thinks about it. Like I... Uh, the Gulf War is fresh in my memory. I mean, I remember watching it on fucking television and guys hiding under TVs and the scud stud and all that bullshit. And then I go to Kuwait and I'm like talking to Ahmad. He's like, I was one when that shit fucking happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but also, we've been led in America to believe that if, even if you're one years old, you got a fucking machine gun or an AR-15 over there and you got to fucking handle your business because we've been told the fucking <laughs> the Middle East is the new Wild West. If it looks, Let's put it this way. If there's a directional in your name, 
it's there's gunplay involved, no matter what. North Korea, Middle East, Wild West. If you've got any sort of directional involved in your goddamn name, there is going to be trouble. Something's going to get shot. Even West Hollywood. Yeah, look, I get, I'll tell you this. West Hollywood, you are fully capable of taking a shot in the eye at any moment. Whether it's a bullet or a fucking load, you're going to get fucking blasted in the face. So if you got a directional, man, that's fucking crazy. You're in trouble. Uh, so Ahmad was like, yeah, man, I might be there. It's a matter of time and when I'm going to go here. And it depends. But, but the more I think about it, the trajectory of, Hey man, I might be in South America for a couple of weeks. And then I think I'm going to come to America and I'm not sure when I'm leaving it. It, uh, it makes me wonder how many bodies he left behind in Kuwait. Like who's been murdered? Who's been left? What, what horrible crimes did he commit? How much embezzlement has he done? Cause he did bring, he brought two bags. I mean, this dude, this dude has been gone from his house for like a month. And he brings a suitcase and a backpack. And I was like, hey, do you want me to carry one of these? He's like, don't touch the backpack. I'm like, oh, all right, I don't. So the only thing I can think of is that it's just it's just flush with oil money. It, it has to have some sort of like special government bonds or or some. There's something in that backpack that I can't see, but it's able to keep him away from fucking being thrown in prison for the rest of his goddamn life. He's able to, he's like he's traveling all over the world. He's one step ahead of the law, which means, as you know, at any point in time right now during this show, some fucking bearded, veiled dudes with scimitars could bust in and fucking take this whole thing down, which would be a drag. I don't know why I think they would send assassins from an Indiana Jones movie to get Kuwait. I think that seems kind of racist on my point to go ahead and jump from that. But uh, but although I will tell you this, speaking of Indiana Jones imagery, he told me he was going to South America. So I wrote him a note on Snapchat to find out when he was coming to narrow down his flight. And I said, have you exchanged the bag of sand for the idol yet? And has Dan Aykroyd started the plane? Because folks, look, I'm nothing if not a font of 80s references. And then I went, you know what? Ahmad was... uh, not even born when that movie came out. Now, he wasn't, dude. Of course you've seen it, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if I, I should think of something fresh in your decade to give you a, a reference point on. Um, but I, mean, I, I don't, I don't know how many Van Wilder references I have locked and loaded for you. Um, so, so Ahmad is here, and he's going to be here for I don't know, I don't know how long. That's the point. I don't know if he's done bad things. I don't know if there's things I need to look out for. If I need to keep my head on a swivel. If you hear, uh, you know, like a a bang, a loud bang, and probably a flash grenade. If you hear Alu Akbar, I'm sure some dudes have come in here and they've thrown a bag over my head and they've spirited Ahmad away. Uh, and probably, although uh, here's my great fear, I will tell you this: if if somehow there is a tactical response team sent from the Middle East to go ahead and bring Ahmad back, my great fear is that they just fucking put two in his head here and then take the backpack and then leave me to deal with the body because I mean who's going to fucking believe me if I go you're not going to believe this an international team of Middle Eastern assassins came in put two in my buddy's head and then stole his backpack I mean in the way this fucking country is running itself these days well although actually you know what let's go the other way on that the way this country's running itself these days, I might be a fucking hero at that point. If they see, they find dead Middle Eastern guy with two in the fucking brain pan and me just standing there going, man, I don't know what happened. There's no way. No, there's not a court in this goddamn nation that, com- that fucking convicts me of anything at that point. So Ahmad, I guess what I'm saying is really uh, watch your step, because honestly, I could I if you if you get out of line, I could put a couple right in the base of your skull and I could fucking get away with it in this goddamn country because um, I don't know if you've looked in a mirror lately, buddy. But that that just that heavy beard you've got going is enough to get you run out of town on a fucking rail. It is an inadvertent. He has an inadvertent beard, which uh, and by the way, I saw inadvertent beard at Coachella last year. Holy God, were they amazing? That was that was that was a terrific show. I'm not going to lie to you. Did they open prison bar? <laughs> see, what's funny is I tried to see them on a, on a bill with a vegetated a patch of vegetation outside of my abode. 
Fit that on a bass drum, by the way. That's a band that's not thinking. That's like guided by voices of one of those long ass fucking names. Um, and you will know us by the Trail of Dead. That's the literally if you see and you will know us by the Trail of Dead with vegetation patch based solely in front of my abode or whatever the fuck, dude. That is a concert with that. Those t-shirts are are wordy. Those are that is a concert. That's the wordy t-shirt tour. That's what I call it. And you will know us by the Trail of Dead vegetation patch strapped firmly in front of my abode. That is the wordy t-shirt tour. You're not gonna lie to yourself. Uh, all right, folks. So here's the deal. I am here in my house, and and as it's Christmas, as you know, you heard from the theme song. So we're gonna hear some Christmassy bits throughout this show. And also, I've waited too long in the day Wednesday to record, so Ahmad and I have to go to a fancy schmancy dinner tonight. What are our plans while Ahmad's in town? Well, while he's here, we're hoping to, uh, we're going to get our live stream going. We're going to get the streaming going um, because Ahmad, this is funny, Ahmad brought me a raspberry pie. And I know you're out there thinking to yourself, well, isn't, isn't Geo sending you a raspberry pie? He is, as a matter of fact. So I went from having zero raspberry pies to having multiple raspberry pies in this goddamn house, folks. Now, I will tell you what, the one from Geo I know is coming from America, so maybe I trust that one. This Kuwaiti raspberry pie, there, this could all be part of his I'm on the lamb and I've hidden the microfilm within this raspberry pie I'm gifting to my American friend. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going to be going on when I look at that because we plugged it in today. Dudes, dudes, dudes. Uh, I, I was not, I don't look, I don't know what the fuck a raspberry Pi is. You know, I, I looked it up and I guess I was like, oh, it's a game system. So that's all I knew. And geo kept going, you need it because I'm going to, I'm going to load it up. There's gonna be a ton of games on there. And I already have the Nintendo thing with a bunch of games. Like I said, it has Castlevania and balloon fight and Frogger and Frogger's friend and Frogger's buddy and whatever the fuck, all that stuff, whatever I'm going to play. You guys are going to watch. It's going to be fantastic because the Twitch channel is going to be up and running soon. So I wasn't, I didn't know what a raspberry Pi was. I mean, so you know, I expected a game console. So Ahmad, I pick him up at the airport this morning and he's like, hey, uh, this is funny. He goes, I brought you a fully loaded Raspberry Pi. And I was like, are you serious? He goes, I did not know you were getting one from Geo until I watched the live stream. Like I, I, on your latest live stream, you mentioned it. He goes, it's, it was already packed. It's loaded. I already got it for you. I said, holy Dude, that's fucking crazy. Um, so like I said, now I have multiple Raspberry Pis in my house. Perhaps, you know what I may do? I will have a playoff with them and figure out which one is the best. And then I will place the other one on a window still for a hobo to steal. Windows still for a hobo, windows still for a hobo to steal. I can't believe I couldn't get that out. Because, uh, you know, hobos are known for stealing pies off of windowsills. And that would have worked a lot better if I were not learned how to fucking talk. Jesus Christ, was that awful. Um, so so we, we come to the house. And Ahmad is like, well, let's check out this Raspberry Pi. Let's plug it in. We plugged in his Raspberry Pi. And again, like I said, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's, and he pulls it out. It's a fucking, it's smaller than my Nintendo. It, it's uh, it's like a bar of soap. It literally looks like a bar of soap with a USB fucking thing you can plug into it. And he puts it on my television set. And I, I sit there and I, he starts scrolling across. Dudes, this fucking thing, again, I'm not joking. It's as big as a, it's as big as a pack of zingers. It's. I'm, I'm trying to, it's, it's four by five or not even, not, no, it's like fucking four by three by three, four by three, whatever the fuck it's inches. It's a thing. It's uh, uh if your cock was shaped like a raspberry pie, you would be very disappointed. I can tell you that. I mean, thick, look, everybody, ladies love the girth. We all know that. But if it was flat and square like this, I mean, you had a lot of you, your girth is pretty good, but holy fuck. It just, it's just, it's you, you're the raspberry pie is really lacking in the length department. Anyway, he plugs it in. And he starts scrolling across, and dude, this has games from Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, Sega Genesis. Uh, did I say Super Nintendo? Uh, there's arc, dude. There's arcade games. He goes, there's actual arcade games on here, and I'm like, uh, he goes, name an arcade game that you grew up with, and I said, Track and Field. 
And uh, I, I, it's on here. This game is. He scrolls to it and he pulls it up, and and you run. You know, it's the it's and it's just like the arcade game because when when they made arcade games and Nintendo games, you could tell they were different because they had to be eight bit and whatever. This looks just like the fucking arcade. It makes the same exact noises when you're running and all that dumb shit. So we we played track and field for like a, a minute, and then he's like, "What? What's another arcade game?" And I go, "I don't know, Ikari Warriors." He goes, "What the hell is that?" I go, "It begins with an I, Ikari Warriors," because it was in a pizza joint I worked at. And he scrolls all the way down, and there's fucking Ikari Warriors. It's all in alphabetical order, and he pulls it up. Yes, it's in there. It's the exact game. Ikari Warriors is in this fucking all these arcade games, but that's what I mean. So the consoles, there's like twelve different consoles, including there's something Nintendo invented that killed people. And I, I, I'm like, I didn't even know this fucking existed. They must have covered that shit up really quick. But it's available. They, it was a thing where you, it was a console you put on your desk, and then you put your face in it like you were going to an optometrist to get like some kind of eye chart test, and uh, and you strapped your head into it, and then you played the games like it was in 3D. But everything is bathed in red for some reason. So he's like, yeah, dude, these games are awful. But he pulls it up. And it's just, I mean, because they're all, they look like you're playing in a shoebox. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, you're because you, they it supposedly it was strapped around your head, but you can do it on this Raspberry Pi and it just looks normal. But it also is all square. Like you got your head in a shoebox. Like I didn't, even, like I said, I didn't know that Nintendo was killing people, but apparently they were with this fucking console back in the, in the eighties because he said Nintendo almost went bankrupt. Was it because they invented this or they invented this because they were going bankrupt? All right. He said, yeah, that was the thing that almost killed the fucking company. And and it doesn't I, that doesn't surprise me because I mean we we looked at the game we were like this is so it's what two aliens playing tennis with a mine like we couldn't figure out what the fuck it was it was 3D pong but it was yeah but it was monsters playing it like you, it wasn't like us playing pong it was it was fucking terrible and but it doesn't matter the point is with the Raspberry Pi dudes I have I've got now I'm gonna take a guess all right I'm gonna guess there's at least 600 games on this fucking thing I mean you think higher. Uh, all right, Ahmad says higher, but I mean, because there's there's twelve different consoles. What was that one that was just a jet? What was the one that looked like a spaceship? The it, it was a Japanese thing, and and uh, all the writing was in Japanese when we opened it up. Um, Wonder Swan, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Because I've never heard of that fucking thing until this morning. The Wonder Swan console. I don't know what the fuck that is. It has Game Boy games. Um, so and and then I talked to Geo. I said, "Hey Geo, you're not gonna believe this. Fucking, I, I got a whole Raspberry Pi." And then Geo's just like, "Yeah, I'm sending you like a completely different one. I'm sure it's got like because it, it's got video uh, trailers and it's got all these different things. And it's and he's sending me a three B. And Ahmad has a because I told Ahmad, I go, "Is this a three B?" After Geo told me what I needed, and Ahmad goes, "I have no. It's a Raspberry Pi. I mean, what the fuck do I know? Because <laughs> Geo's the expert in this. So uh, so both of us were just kind of like, I don't I don't know what this is. But so yeah, I." I looked at these games, dude. So anyway, so with Ahmad here, we're we're going to we're hopefully going to do a Twitch broadcast in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do at least a test and maybe I'll I'll get to play a game or two and and we'll start setting it up to where we can actually get things up and running cuz again, Geo has sent me a Raspberry Pi. I've got a PlayStation camera. I got the PlayStation, I don't know if I told you guys, I got a PS4. I, I did I mention that on the air here? I don't know if I did. I know I talked to people on the live stream last week. Um how did I get a PS4, you ask? Well, that's an interesting story. And uh, it's a story that I'm probably going to tell you right after this. Hey, I'm Seamus. And I'm Louie. And we're the Christmas Elves. Hey, we'd like you guys to meet another one of the Christmas Elves. It's our little friend Bogus the Elf. Hey, you guys. Glad you folks could join us. We're about to play our favorite holiday game, the 40-year-old boy drinking game. All right, all right. Hey, you guys. Okay, it's simple. 
we've all drawn a Schmitty-type phrase or word at random. And we're about to listen to the latest episode of the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast. Every time Mike says our word or phrase, we take a shot out of this bottle of Yukon Jack. Hey, now. That's so good, Essie. All right, let's see. Oh, I drew the phrase. Folks, I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, Oh, wow. There you go. Louie, what did you draw? Um, I got the word literally. Oh, oh, man. I hope you didn't drive. (laughs) Bogus, what did you get? Um, well, I got, uh, I got rape. Rape? Oh, no, no way. Dude, you know who drew that word the last time we played this game? No. John Bonham. Oh, oh no way. I think I told you guys this was going to be an interesting story. I may have oversold it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, now I tampered down expectations early in the story. I want to make sure you realize, brace yourselves, right? This could, This may not be an interesting story. I don't want to judge what's interesting to you and what isn't, although I guess every week I kind of try to do that. I try to bring you tales from my life and let you know the things that have happened, and I'm hoping that you will find some sort of interest level in them. Otherwise, why, you wouldn't even be here, would you, for fuck's sake? Um, but I, but I, you know me. Naturally, what I do is I try to tamper down expectations. So I just told you this will be an interesting story. Here I'm throttling down. I'm telling you perhaps, you know, this is a story. This, this is a story. That's a sample from a Public Enemy album. This, this, this is a journey. Uh, That's right. It wasn't even a sample from a Public Enemy album. My brain made me misdirect it. Made me misthink it. Made me misremember, remember. It made me mismember it. I'm alone now. I think I'm alone now. Let's go Tiffany on this whole goddamn thing. There doesn't seem to be anyone around, I'll tell you that. Uh, we went to dinner. I, Ahmad and I took off because, I, like I said, I started recording later in the day because I had to pick him up and, uh, and I didn't have any sleep. And, uh, you know, my schedule's all fucking jumbled up. And that's my own fault. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, well, I mean, I, well, I drove a ton over Monday and Tuesday because I knew Ahmad was going to be coming here. And we, I, want, I wanted to have playtime, yay, with Ahmad in town. Uh, so I tried to drive as much as I could on Monday and Tuesday to ensure I would not have to drive so much on Wednesday and Thursday or any uh, or at all, quite frankly, or Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We'll see what happens. But uh, um, I, I so I did not drive. Jesus Christ, I'm babbling. Uh, but my schedule's kind of funky. So so Ahmad came over here. I didn't get to record. I recorded that first half hour here with him. And then he uh, and I went to dinner. We went, We just went to Animal. And uh, and look, here's what we did. We went and had a uh, there was a special prefix dinner with our good friend, Nate Appleman. And by Nate Appleman, our good friend, I just mean a chef named Nate Appleman, whose work I've been following. And I know you think that's weird. You're like, do you, so what do you do? You subscribe to salad? Is that what you do? You've been following, huh? You've been you've been charting his his breakthrough work, his groundbreaking work in soup. Uh, if you made a soup, yeah, I would fucking love it. I follow Nate Appleton, uh, Nate Appleman. I apologize on Instagram. And he he always I mean, he's just an interesting guy. He competed in the next Iron Chef contests. He he's a corporate chef for Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle. Chipotle. That's the French version. He he, corporate, he consults for for Chipotle. Um, but but I've always wanted to I, I just this will sound ridiculous and I don't mean it to. It sounds pretentious and I certainly don't want it to. But that's the fucking uh, this is the realest uh, the way I can put it. I've always wanted to try his food. He looks like an interesting cook. And I'm I'm fascinated by people who make things that I, I would enjoy or that that look really fucking good on Instagram. He does this. He has a series called Home Cooking. Uh, hashtag Home Cooking where he just makes stuff at his house and and it all looks so goddamn good so when i knew he was coming to animal because animals having a 10-year anniversary deal where they were uh getting people to come and and kind of guest chef i guess or or you know do do a, a night a month basically uh tom colicchio was in town 
I did not get to see him, but I also kind of I bailed on it because it was look, I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of expensive. And I'd had Calicchio's, Tom Calicchio's food in New York already at Kraft, and it was really good. So I, but I, you know, paying again to have it in Los Angeles, I'm like, this is, if you're going to pay this kind of money, reserve it for people that you don't, you know, you, you, you've never had. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Thomas Keller from the French Laundry when he was there. But those reservations were gone, brace yourselves, in 10 seconds. That's not a joke. In 10 seconds, those were gone. I was online, I tried, and they were, they disappeared. Because Thomas Keller is a fucking badass. I mean, I can't, you know, there's very few names in the industry who would actually close the joint down that quickly. And he was one of them. And I monitored all night, you know, uh, uh, to, or I'm sorry, all over the coming weeks to see if there was a way to sneak in there to Thomas Keller's thing. And uh, there was not, unfortunately, but that's fine. Eventually, I'll get to the French Laundry someday. I hope. I hope. Uh, or, or, or he'll come, you know what? Eventually, he'll come to my joint. Maybe that happens. Maybe he comes to my house. Maybe I hire him here. Uh, and then I'll tell you what I want. Those reservations will be gone in one second because it's only me, baby, at a fucking table <laughs> with, with fucking Thomas Keller walking around with a goddamn apron on. Um, but Nate Appleman was also on the list that I knew I was going and I made the reservations once the second they became available. And we went last night. Uh, well, yeah, t- technically last night, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, this is through two hours after I've gotten home after dropping them off. I was supposed to sit down and just kind of dive right back in, but I'm like, Hey man, why don't you hold off a little bit on that? Cause I'm, that's who I am. Uh, I had, look, I had to let Nate Appleman's amazing food settle because that's how I handle my business. I had to settle baby. Uh, so sure enough, I, we went to this thing last night at animal and, and Ahmad has got, you know, he's still kind of fucking, he didn't have any jet lag yet. I was waiting for it to set in, but um, we go to Nate Appleman's thing and, and folks, it was, uh, it was damn good. I mean, it was just, you know, the, the first course was Tennessee ham with mustard and, uh, and a sorghum and cider vinegar and, uh, served on an apple. Oh my God, is it delicious? Now I will tell you this, our good friend Ahmad keeps it halal. You know that he can't have any pork, so he did not have any ham on his. So he missed that, uh, that small sliver of amazingness, but he, but the apple itself was worth it. He even looked at me, he just closed his eyes like, Oh my God, dude, when you have food like that, guys, I, I, and look, it's, it's not all about feeling like you're jerking off. It's not all about closing your eyes and orgasmically going, Oh my God. Even though you wind up doing that a lot of the time during the meal. But the second you put magic in your mouth, you just, you just want to do a fucking somersault. You roll your eyes. You look at the other person you're with. And that's the good thing is that, you know, I would have gone to Thomas Keller alone. I was a, a listener named Ben and his husband, Peter, were going to come with us to some of these things. And it just it just wound up not working out. Like last night was Appleman. I didn't hear from Ben, you know, when the reservations went on sale because I had been I had been staying in his ear about it. And it's it's a weird ask. Like, I didn't want to bother Ben with it because, um, you know, I mean, it was it's it was a lot of money per person. So if you're inviting somebody to dinner and going, hey, man, you should come to dinner with us. Uh, by the way, it's going to be triple digits each, you know, and 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 that's just a weird thing to ask somebody. And he was going to bring his partner, Marissa, from the, the Murder We Spoke podcast. But I, I don't know how these people are fixed. And I don't know if they want to come over on a fucking, you know, Wednesday night and, and uh, or Tuesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night. And, and uh, what is today? It's Wednesday. Yeah. So they <laughs> Jesus Christ, it shows out tomorrow. Hey, you're enjoying this on Thursday. Um. But I don't know, you know, to ask them to go ahead and spend and drop that kind of cash is uh, is a little frustrating. Uh, no, no, it's it's not. It just seems. Um, how do I put this? Uh, not arrogant. I, I don't know to ask them that. It, it, it you're 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 putting them in a, a spot. You know what I mean? They have to say no. You know, it, you're making them make a decision that they probably would never really make because nobody thinks they're going to drop triple digits on a goddamn dinner. 
So it seems presumptuous to think that you can ask them, hey, you guys should come. We'll make reservations. We'll all go. It'll be fantastic. Uh, and, and, you know, because for some people, that's that's their fucking electric bill. You know what I mean? Or or, or their cell phone bill for the month. And and uh, I understood that. You know, I mean, so I knew what I was getting into with a mod, but I to whatever to get other fucking people on board. It just seemed like a weird thing to go. Hey, you should come with us and spend a lot of money. Um, but you have to experience with it with another person. I mean, I've done, uh, you know, when I used to travel uh, solo and I was doing shows, you know, I ate at fucking chef Jose Andres's restaurant, as you know, uh, by year five or whatever. I, I was tweeting it live. And then the, the chef wanted to buy me dinner. He's seeing my tweets on social media, which was fucking amazing. And my main regret was that I turned it down because I'm like, no, man, I pay chefs for their work. Fuck you, man. That's a better story. If you take the fucking and then you just tip the waiter the money for fucking, you know, what it cost. But uh, whatever, I, I wasn't thinking at the time. I was so flabbergasted that they came up to me. It was just like, whoa, dude, seriously? Um, and it, I felt like, again, you know what? It was the shame factor inside me who was thinking, well, I'm not doing this for that reason. I just, I'm telling everybody how great it is, you know? And like when I went to Chef Uber, uh, Hubert Keller's Burger Bar, you know, which is not a fancy joint. But I did buy like a $30 cheeseburger, which was uh, uh, it was every bit the $30 cheeseburger and a Twinkie shake with a fucking Twinkie jammed all the way in it. That was in fucking outside St. Louis at a casino. I've done, look, I've had some adventures, folks, solo and otherwise. Last night was not solo. Me and Ahmad went. We had that first course. Uh, th- then they, they brought us a second course, which I mean, look, I, I'm not going to run down the entire goddamn menu. That seems like a, a lot of uh, craziness for me to live within that. Unless you want it. Is that what you want? Is that what you're thinking yourselves? Mike, we we live vicariously through you for these kinds of things. Was there any way that you could go ahead and fucking let us know that this is happening? Can you please tell us the things that you ate because we're not going to be able to survive? Um, our second course, we, well, look, they brought us the fucking ham. They brought us a raw tuna course. Uh, and the raw tuna, of course, it was like in a, in a broth of uh, it was like an, uh, an herb uh, agridolce with with pear juice in it. And then I had some chilies and some fried celery uh, and, a, and a daikon radish was involved in it. And it was just and the tuna was so fresh, dude. It just it was straight up again. Fish that tastes like the ocean can't be beat. When you bite it, you're like, oh, my Christ, you're just transported. You get a sea breeze right in your face. You get uh, the old spice guy floats through the goddamn room when you're chewing on goddamn fresh seafood. It was amazing. Um, there was a Dungeness crab fritter that had a crab fat mayo and a shot a, a, like a back. You know, you know, you get a, a, a beer with a shot back. Dude, it had a crab broth back shot like a shot back. It was just it came in a little cup and it was so it was a crab fat mayo. You dunked the, cab, uh, the Dungeness crab fritter in and then you knocked back a shot glass of crab broth. Holy fuck, was it good? Uh, and then there's a course in the middle, which is like a salad course. And it was um, it was greens, kind of like collard greens. But it was served on cream cheese with corn crunch and and hot sauce. Corn crunch was like this kind of almost like crumbled up corn nuts, but a fancier version of that. And then the hot sauce. That was Ahmad's uh, least favorite thing, I think, probably. But it was I thought it was good. And then they had it. They brought persimmons, fuyu persimmons, but they had sliced them thinly with a slice of kohlrabi and a slice of cucumber. And then they had put uh, peanuts and then this special Moldana cheese they had they had grated over the top. And you ate it like a little taco. You folded up the kohlrabi and persimmon and you threw it in your mouth with the cucumber in the middle. And uh, God damn, was it good. It was so, I mean, the key to it was the cheese. You know me, I don't like a freestanding cheese. But this cheese, it, it had kind of that, uh, uh, it had it brought the funk. You know what I mean? Because it was fresh with the persimmon, the kohlrabi, the cucumber, and the peanuts were crunchy. But then the, the cheese brought that kind of uh, earthy, kind of funky flavor to it. I mean, it was just... It all worked together, man. And it was that thing, again, every bite, every time you ate, you looked at one another and you're just like, oh, dude, come on. You, you, This is why you have to bring somebody to something like this. You have to look across the table at somebody and just go, man, this is, 
And because at one point I just leaned backwards and I go, dude, we're essentially kings right now. You get that, right? And he laughed because we were. We were fucking kings. You're sitting in this restaurant. They're bringing you amazing food. Uh, And I really I was hoping to meet Nate Appleman. I'm not going to lie to you because I am a fucking weirdo, apparently. Um, But he was in the kitchen doing his business. When we first walked in, he was there and he was talking to somebody at a table. And that was great. You know, I'm like, I saw him. I'm like, all right, I saw him. So maybe that's enough. Uh, so, and I will tell you this too. I, I went into this going, I was worried because when they bring you a tasting menu of stuff or like a prefix menu, it's never really a ton of food. You know, they don't bring you a pile of fucking chow. And so I was worried I was going to be hungry afterwards, after, especially after the first few courses, the Tennessee ham, uh, the fritter, the tuna, they were a little smaller. And in my head, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to leave here hungry. This is going to be strange because I never leave animal hungry. Because, again, you can call your shot with a menu. You can just start ordering small plates over and over and you're fine. If you're still hungry, you can keep ordering. But with the prefix, you're, you're, you're pretty much set. You're locked. Uh, so after the greens and stuff, I was like, all right, man, I'm a, you know, even though the greens were really they were warm on top of the cream cheese and stuff. And, and uh, a little hot sauce sprinkle that I mentioned had the hot sauce on it. And, and I, but I, I was like, all right, well, I mean, this is kind of a salad thing. And I mean, we were still waiting for the entree course, but I'm like, ah, you know, I mean, I am going to be hungry after this. I, I just resolved it in my brain. I was going to be hungry. And then <laughs> they brought out the entree. Uh, the first thing they brought out was a roasted ribeye bone. Uh, and it had lemon, anchovy, uh, garlic, butter, parsley. And, and what it was, it was a giant fucking bone, like from a ribeye with a bunch of meat still on it. And so not only did they roast it, but then I think they fried it afterwards because it was very crispy on the outside, unless they had, they had roasted it at a really high temperature close to heat. But it was, uh, like I said, it had lemon, anchovy, and basted in garlic, butter, and parsley. And that was served on fried toast and gravy. Which sounds simple, right? And it looked like a big piece of just rustic bread. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be a little dry probably. Uh, the bones, by the way, you had to pick up and eat. You could not cut the meat off. You had to eat. You had to just fucking gnaw the fuck out of them. So I'm, I'm working on this one. And, and Ahmad is laughing at me. And he, goes, he looks at me and he goes, what are you doing? And I go, what? He goes, you are not in the Flintstones. And I'm like, bullshit. If they bring you a goddamn bone that tips over your table, you're in the motherfucking Flintstones, baby. Fucking clean house. I mean, I, I, I looked at him at one point. And I go, dude, I, did, I just found a hidden gravy pocket. <laughs> And uh, and it's fun. By the way, I also I did see Hidden Gravy Pocket at Bellaroo or Bam Bamaroo, whatever the fuck. Can't I, mean, I can't even do it. Um, what's what's the one in Tennessee? Bonnaroo. That's what I saw. I, I, you know, I might have saw him at Bellaroo and Bamaroo. You know, I saw. You know, who I saw at Bamaroo. Maria Bamford. She just came out and did fifteen different sets with fifteen different bands. It was goddamn fantastic, and fifteen different voices because she could pull it off. If anybody could pull off a Bamaroo, it's going to be goddamn Maria Bamford with the god with all the voices. Uh, and at Bellaroo, I don't know who, who the fuck do I see there? Maybe my friend Bella Luna. Maybe she shows up. I don't know. Um, but at Bonnaroo, that's where I saw a hidden gravy pocket, and I and I dug them out with my molars. I was like fucking all over this bone, just chewing the fuck out of it. Uh, and I should tell you this, there was an elderly, I'm not elderly, these people, you know, again, I never know what elderly is. I'm 51, but I don't think, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way. Look, I don't feel 51 unless I fucking try to stand up. But as far as looking 51, that's, you know, that's a little different. I'm not sure if I do or I don't. I don't think I do, but I might. But these people sat next to us and they, you know what they look like? They looked like 51 when I was a kid. You know, I've talked about that, like dress shirt and a nice watch and, and, uh, you know, she had a, a, a prune face, kind of like a, a, kind of a disapproving face. They were, they seemed nice. They seemed like nice people. 
but they weren't familiar with the work of one Nate Appleman. By the way, Nate Appleman had a, uh, it was a guy named Tandy Wilson was also cooking with him last night. Because Nate, I think Tandy's got a restaurant in Nashville and Nate's based in New York. And I don't know if they just always work together or how it works, but I, I don't want a short shrift to Tandy Wilson. Um, you know, I wasn't there to eat Tandy Wilson's food, but I did. I was able to eat it and he was his was unbelievably delicious as well. I would assume it's all, I mean, it was all a fucking combination effort. I don't want a short shrift to a Tandy Wilson is my point. But these people at the next table, you know, they're getting their courses and the woman finally is like, I don't know, like, I don't know who these people are. So the husband, I hear it. He Googles Nate Appleman and, uh, and he looks at her and I, I saw his face and he goes, this man works for Chipotle. And the woman looks up and she goes, Chipotle. And he goes, yeah, the chef, uh, this Nate person works for Chipotle. And she goes, I, I, I can't believe we're paying $120 for a meal from the guy from Chipotle. And I, I wanted to hit her in the face with a plate. I was so mad at her. I'm like, you're already four courses in and you're eating it. And you, 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 you're feeling how delicious this is. You're eating it. I mean, they've got, they had the persimmons. They were walking the persimmons out to them as she's saying this. And I'm like, you've already had the fucking crab, the tuna, the fucking ham. The greens are on your table now with the fucking persimmons. And you're, you're going you're gonna to fucking bag on a Nate Appleman because he takes a corporate chef job somewhere. Learn the realities of the goddamn business, lady. It's not like he's behind a line doling out fucking white rice and corn salsa. He's fucking making you persimmons for fuck's sake. But I, I but I uh, I have no patience. And also, I, you know, my crush on Nate Appleman made me even more angry, irrationally angry than I needed to be. Uh, so I turned my attention back to my Flintstone bone. I was like, I can't handle these two old people, these two rich people who I, you, I can barely hear them whispering to one another over the clanking of their bracelets and watches. You rich motherfuckers. Uh, so I'm dude, I'm diving into this fucking ribeye bone. And I mean, there's grease on my face and in my hands, but that's what they wanted. They're like, eat with your hands. I'm like, fuck. I, I, I even <laughs> actually the chef's like, or no, the waiter goes, the chef would like you to pick this up and just kind of eat it with your hands. And I went, you're goddamn right. And he just fucking laughed and he walked away. Uh, so they bring us the roasted ribeye bones with the fried toast and gravy. And then they bring out, uh, there's more entree to come, by the way. You think we're done there? We're not. Uh, Ahmad took, you know, he took his roasted ribeye bone. I took mine. We each took our piece of toast and we put it on our plate. And then there was gravy all over the plate. And he took some and I just scraped the rest of it all over the ribeye bone and all over the toast to soak up the toast. Uh, and then they walked out and they said, uh, here, and embrace yourselves, folks. They go, this is a chunky ribeye and foie gras meatloaf with a smoked tomato and quince jam on the side. Uh, and by all this, when I saw Hidden Gravy Pocket, they played the smoked tomato and quince jam in Nashville. <laughs> oh, God, was it good? I'm going to make that. Dude, fuck it. I'm doing that forever because uh, I got nobody else here to do it with. I'm just doing it for myself. Uh, yeah, it, buy tickets in 1999. Foo Fighters were at the smoked tomato quince jam with Hidden Gravy Pocket. Uh, um, dudes, chunky ribeye and foie gras meatloaf. And you know what it looked like? Fucking meatloaf. It just was on the plate. It looked like meatloaf. Uh, but I was, I was working hardcore on this Flintstone bone and Ahmad took a fork and went into his meatloaf. And then he just looked at me and he went, Oh my God. And I'm like, seriously? And he goes, yeah, I, but I, I, I didn't want to mix all the courses up. And then they walked back out. Oh, I forgot to tell you, by the way, did I mention this? There was more to come with our entree. I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys. They brought out a fucking, a bowl of potatoes in a, in a, in a gravy with black truffle. Potatoes with a, with a black truffle gravy with black truffles shaved over the potatoes. Oh, my Christ. 
Uh, and it was just, it was a round, you know, it wasn't like mashed potatoes. It was, it was a round whole, uh, you know, potato that was, that was boiled and made in the gravy and thrown in a million pounds of butter and holy Jesus Christ, was it good? Uh, so I'm, I'm working on this ribeye bone. He's eating everything. And then I, I, I'm, I get as naked on the bone as I possibly can. There's like no meat left. I'm grinding my fucking front teeth into it. And then I dive into this ribeye meatloaf. And I mean, it's just, it was, it's transcendent. I mean, I, I, that's, you know, again, it all sounds pretentious and you know me, I love food, but I bit it. And it was just that thing where it was funny. Jill used to hate meatloaf when we were together. She was like, oh my God, never. I can't. Cause I had recipes for like fancy meatloafs that I wanted to try. I'm like, maybe I'll make a meatloaf. This will be a thing. And she's just like, no, because we all, you know, everybody remembers if their if their mom made horrible fucking meatloaf, nobody wants to eat meatloaf again. And I totally get it, man. Like I said, I ate, I'll never eat cube steak again. I don't give a fuck if Nate Appleman makes it. I, I don't want cube steak. There are things that you're just fucking sick of from your childhood. And so Jill was like, yeah, I can't with meatloaf, but I, I, I would challenge her to have a bite of this man, because it was just fucking chunky ribeye and foie gras meatloaf. And it was, and it was, it was crisp on the outside. You know, they, that thing where they fucking cook it, where it's seared and, uh, and it was just creamy on the inside, which is hard to say for meat, but it was just, it was just fucking delicious, man. It wasn't like pate creamy. I mean, it was just, it just wasn't, it didn't pebble out. You know, when you, you make, sometimes when you make a meatloaf and it's dry, it all fucking falls apart. This did not. It felt, it was in chunks, man. And you, and, uh, and we knocked that back. The tomato and quince jam was good. It had, a, it had an overall too smoky quality for me. And it was, I know why it was there. It was there to break up the richness of the meat. Cause there was a lot of, you know, come on, we're looking at ribeye, foie gras, fucking bones, roasted bones and, and, uh, lemon and garlic butter. You know, the lemon was very faint, so it didn't really cut through. But I mean, fr- dude, fried bread and gravy, potatoes and truffles. I mean, it, it was so fucking heavy, but goddamn great. And then uh, Ahmad looks at me and he goes, you got to eat this bread. I'm like, well, I will. And he's like, no, man, have a bite of it now. So I pick up the bread. Now, the bread looked rustic and dry, but that's because they had fried it in so much butter it, it, it took on this sheen of like really good toast and then they soaked it in the gravy. They tossed it in the gravy, but the gravy soaked into the bread. Oh, dudes, brace yourselves. I mean, I, I just, I, I, when I, I even, I even said to him, I was like, you know, I, I might, uh, I want to stick my dick in that crab fat mayo. And then the rest of the meal, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, I wasted my dick on the crab fat mayo. I should have put my cock in everything else. Uh, but dudes, this the meatloaf was ridiculous. The ribeye bones. So I, again, stupid me. I eat, so I eat the fried toast and gravy. I eat my, the rest of my ribeye meatloaf. Uh, I, I I just and you're working on everything. You're killing it. And by the time it finished, I looked. I leaned back and I looked at him and I go, I thought I was going to leave here hungry. I, I don't even know what the fuck was wrong with me, man. Uh, and we started laughing. We still had dessert course to come, and we're working on the bones. We're eating and the tables clean, and we're sitting there. And then uh, Nate Appleman walks out of the kitchen. And he uh, goes to the first table he sees and he's kind of talking and he looks up and I catch his eye and I kind of like I wave. So he's talking to people at that table and then he makes his way over to me. And uh, guys, let me tell you something. Uh, Your hero here has met a lot of people and he has composed himself in a way where he's felt good about himself afterwards. I'm going to tell you that an animal meeting Nate Appleman, I don't know why I gushed like a lady. I, I. I was like uh, like school children, meaning Michelle Obama. I don't know what the fuck happened to me, but he reached out and he's just he's just uh, first of all, he's also a beautiful man. He's a really good looking guy and he's all tatted up and shit. And it's intimidating because he's really good at what he does. And I just, you know, it, it also there's that kind of look, I won't lie. There's kind of a feminine aspect to I just ate your food. Everything you just made went in my mouth like that thing was kind of floating through my head. And so I didn't I I. 
I shook his hand and I got to tell him, look, man, I follow you on Instagram and that home cooking stuff. I would love for you to do a, a, a cookbook. And he goes, well, man, cookbooks are really hard to do. I said, understood. I'm just letting you know that the quality of everything you make. And I, I mean, I would not stop talking. I go, my friend is here from Kuwait. He came in today. I picked him up at the airport and we came right over here for this meal. It's, it, it's amazing. Thank you so much for coming here. I've been wanting to eat your food for a very long time. Uh, ever since I saw you on the next Iron Chef and then I followed your career and then he went to do corporate stuff. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to eat your food and then you didn't have a lot of brick and mortar. And he's, he's smiling and tolerating me, but boy, oh boy, was I laying it on thick, man. I mean, I was just, I was, I blasted him with a fried toast and gravy hose. Like, I mean, I was, it was, he walked away from me dripping wet. And, uh, and, and he was just, he was very gracious and very nice. And he thanked us for coming. He, th- he told Kuwait, you know, or he told Ahmad, thank you for coming all this way and, and have the great rest of the trip. And, uh, and I will tell you, look, did he, did I feel that I was replied to satisfactorily? No, he didn't. Cause he didn't go, Oh my God, thank you. You're, you're really nice. It was just, I don't know what I expected. You know what? I, here's what I didn't expect. I didn't expect me to stand up and jerk off all over the guy. That was just a weird thing. Uh, and, and I, I will tell you this. I stopped short of asking for a selfie because I took a picture of myself with chef Kevin Gillespie when I went to, to Atlanta. Uh, but it was just, it was a crowded dining room and he was meeting other people and I didn't feel like, and he was also still serving courses. I mean, we had a seven o'clock sitting and they had sittings all the way until 10 o'clock. So he was very busy, but he came out to at least circulate the room a little bit. And I was very happy. I got to meet him. So not getting a photo with Nate Appleman, that's fine, but I got to meet him and tell him how, uh, it's always, I, I like, you know, me. I like I like meeting people who I admire and telling them how much their work means to me. And I like I said, I got to meet Steve Vai, I got to meet Eddie Van Halen, I got to meet uh, you know people like that and tell them what was up. So I got to tell Nate Appleman how much I enjoyed his food and how it me- how much it meant to me. And I like following him on Instagram. And he was, he's always has these adventures with his son. And I mean, dude, I I laid it on thick. I mean, I, I don't I you think I talk a lot on this show? I just did an episode of the podcast for him about him. Imagine that fucking happening. And I just fucking unloaded all over the dude. It was crazy. Um. And he walked away and then I, I sat down and I looked at Ahmad and I said, uh, hey, I, uh, I I just gushed all over that guy, didn't I? And he goes, yes, you did. And I went, oh, man, that bad? He goes, well, I mean, you were just uh, you were really excited. And I go, yeah, I, I mean, I was. And I, I don't uh, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with being excited. I mean, you look silly after the fact that I'll poke fun at myself, certainly to you guys. But at the same time, in the moment, um. I got my point across. I told him how much I admired him and how much I wanted to have his food and how much I enjoyed it when I got the chance to do so. So, uh, so I'm proud of myself. Yeah, not pro- fuck that. That seems that's way too much. That's fucking dumb. Not proud of myself. I I, do, I don't make any apologies for for geeking out over a guy whose stuff I've admired for a very long time and also having it experienced it on such an intimate level. Again, like I said, it's not you can look at artwork, you can listen to music, but you consume food. I mean, it's sustenance and it goes inside of you. So some things that Nate Appleman created went inside of me and gave me joy. And I don't feel that there was anything wrong with telling him so. Uh, although if I phrased it that way, it would have been pretty awkward, dude, the things you've created and put inside me. Oh my God. Did they give me joy? He literally would still be running. He would have taken off, left skid marks, his apron flailing in the wind as he ran back to fucking New York. Uh, but meeting him was great. I sat down, uh, I wound up having, and then they bring the dessert, which was, uh, cause again, it was very heavy. That fucking entree was super heavy. So then they brought uh dessert and look, the dessert, I'm not going to lie to you. It was kind of heavy. It was a warm buttermilk pudding. Uh, but it had pistachios on top and then, but underneath the pudding were satsumas and a ruby red grapefruit, ladies and gentlemen. 
So uh, the pudding was pudding, you know, and, and Ahmad took a bite first. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, I thought this would be cold. I go, dude, it says warm right on the menu. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so I kind of I was full. I was very full, even so full that even eating pudding, I think, would have put me out. But I had to have some. So I searched out a satsuma. So I got, you know, you want the bite that that works with everything. So I got some pudding, satsuma, pistachios. And uh, and I ate that, and oh my god, just this explosion of satsuma in your mouth. So it's citrus, so it took a lot of the edge off the previous uh, course. Uh, but then the grapefruit, and and with the, with the buttermilk pudding, the pistachio, and then the the grapefruit, I, I I bit it, and I like made my eyes pop, and I looked at, I go, dude, that grapefruit is interesting. Which, uh, by the way, I, I'm going to say that's probably the first time I've ever said that phrase in my entire life. I'm going to guess, dude, that grapefruit is interesting, uh, which is something a dumb fucking food critic would probably say. But at the same time, I've, it's how what I felt in the moment. I can't apologize. Uh, and Ahmad, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really different. And and then I had the other satsuma and then a, a little more buttermilk pudding. And it also came with a semolina shortbread cracker and then, or more of a cookie and then some fresh dates. And I, I wound up I didn't eat my date because I thought even that would be putting it over the top. But I did wind up having the semolina because even Ahmad's like, you got to eat this shortbread, dude. So I ate the semolina shortbread and it was just it was so good. And, you know, we hung out there for another 15 minutes so I could have another bite. I, I ate the fruit. I didn't eat all the pudding, but I ate the fruit and I ate the, the semolina shortbread. And then uh, and then it, we, we just sat there and basked in it. That's, that's just that afterglow of eating food. And then just like, you know, I, I, like I said, I probably still had grease on my fingers and grease on my hands, but I had tried my best to clean up. But still, you had that ribeye scent and then the, the, the citrus fruit in your mouth. And just, man, there is uh, there is something about food like, you know, me. I mean, I sexualize food all the goddamn time. And I mean, I've, oftentimes I've combined the two for fuck's sake. But it's uh, when you go have a meal like that and it's something you've been looking forward to for a long time and then it actually lives up to and pays off and exceeds everything that you thought. And I was I was proud to bring Ahmad. You know what I mean? Ahmad and I have experienced a lot of that. We've been to the Tokyo Dome and we ate in the shadow of the Tokyo Dome. We went to the the fancy sushi here. I mean, we've we've had really great adventures and really cool food experiences. And I'm I'm I love sharing it with him. It was totally fun. So it was a great time. And and uh and then we <laughs> we I said, Are you gonna come home and finish recording with me? And he goes, I can't move. He goes, I, I, you know, it, it hit him hard because uh, we were sitting at the table and I even looked at him and I go, dude, I go that that third course was just a nap. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm wiped out because I, I have to go back to the hotel. I go, are you so you're not going to come to record? He's like, no, nah, man, I just I I'm, I'm I want to sleep here. Uh, and I was like, all right, man. So I, I went back and I dropped him at the hotel. And I, said, and I even said to him, I go, dude, his name's Nate Appleman. So if you shorten that, honestly, it's nap. You got you got you know, what you did. You got Nappleman. That's what fucking happened to you. Uh, because he went right back to his hotel. I dropped him off. And then I came here and I, I was going to record. And then I won't lie to you. I fell asleep in a chair. So it's, uh, right now it's really late Wednesday night as I record this for you guys. But, uh, but it was, it was an adventure that I, I, I dug and, you know, first night Ahmad is in town, we went and did something like that. And so, and what's also funny is he and I, we have these plans for food. Like I want to take him to Kismet and then there's other restaurants I haven't been to like broken Spanish. There's all these different places I want to go. And he's like, yeah, man, I want to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then we have this meal the first night and we both go, uh, man, I don't ever want to eat again. Like, I mean, cause he's going to be here probably two weeks and we're just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could fucking handle eating any more food ever. Um, but we will. We'll figure out a way to do it. We'll power through it. I mean, I'm still like I, I, I 
again, I just described it to you, but I'm still dreaming about it. You know, even he said, he goes, can't, he goes, we're not gonna be able to beat this while I'm here. And I go, oh no, this will be, this was the home run. It just so happened you came to town on the day of the home run and now we'll just hit doubles and triples the rest of the time you're here, uh, which is fine. And I'm excited about it. And he, we actually have to go in, in the morning on, on Thursday morning. Jesus, you know, the next few days are pretty crazy. I got to go Thursday morning. I got to pick up Lenny in Long Beach. He's coming to town. Uh, and then I'm picking up my buddy, Justin, a listener. Justin is going to be in town. I'm picking him up cause he's here for a Christmas party. And then he and Ahmad and I are going to dinner tomorrow night, Thursday night. And then I'm taking, and then I'm taking Lenny back to LAX. And then I'm taking fucking Justin back to the airport. I mean, uh, it's listen, man, when you get, when you get Schmitty's limo service rolling, when you, not everybody has to Uber, you just got me out there and I'm fucking taking people cause they're the coolest. And they, I, I, th- I love the fact that they think of me. It's great. Um, and Ahmad is going to be like uh, alongside me. It'll be fucking perfect. He's like a little sidekick. He's like my Cato this week. I'm the Green Hornet, and he's fucking Cato. Or we're both Catos. I can't be. The, I'm not as cool as the Green Goddamn Hornet. Um, although, wait, I'm. I'm th- uh, didn't Seth Rogen make a Green Hornet movie? He wasn't cool in that, right? Wasn't he a, like a, a just a fucking tub of shit? And then he wound up having a Cato who was a badass. Is that how it worked? I don't know how they fucked up the the legend. They take things and they, you know, hey, what if we had the Green Hornet get high and have a fucking neck beard? Yeah, perfect. Come on, man, give the Green Hornet some fucking respect. Guy hung out with Bruce Lee for fuck's sake. Uh, so Ahmad is in town and the, the, the number one thing on our agenda, like I said, he brought me that raspberry pie and, and we're going to hook me up. I want the streaming set up and ready to fucking go. Like I want to be streaming here. I would love to be on Twitch and stuff soon. He doesn't know as much as he should about, well, fuck that as much as he should. He doesn't know as much. He knows a lot, a fuck ton more than I do. Okay. But he's willing to dive in with me and it's just good to have somebody hands on because Gio is, is fucking great at it. He's like that guy who's like, yeah, man, we got to do this. We got to do this. But the problem is I'm the guy who goes, wait, we got to do this. And we got to do this. And I don't, you know, I have really good reading comprehension, but I just, I just, with tools and shit, I just don't, you know, where to plug fucking things into USB slots and, and, you know, ports. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not that dude. So Ahmad has a really good understanding of that. He already, like I said, he was, he, he sat here today uh, you know, cause I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't sleeping much. So I actually slept this afternoon while he was here. He and I both crashed and then he woke up and he was loading the PS4 with a bunch of fucking, uh, you know, all the software, the thing you have to do to set it up. And, and, uh, and so I was excited. That's, that's getting ready. And, and, and I know you look, all right, there was this plan to be like me just doing Nintendo and streaming shit and maybe a raspberry and the raspberry Pi Geo was going to send, but, uh, all right. <laughs> I, I wound up watching clips of a cowboy game. All right. I was watching Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> which I didn't know anything about, man. I was and I so I got hooked into watching stuff online and I was watching people play it. And the thing that I like best about Red Dead Redemption. Now, if you were at last week's live stream, I explained this to you. But I mean, if you weren't, I'm going to tell you now. The thing I like about Red Dead Redemption when you watch it, um, you know, it's not constant gunfights and like, yeah, we got to get out of here. Whatever the fuck um, in Red Dead Redemption, they look like a dude was buying a coat for 15 minutes. Dude, do you know that that's the video game I've been dreaming of my entire goddamn life? There's a scene where a guy takes a bath and you take a bath forever. I'm like, uh, dude, I, I totally I want a video game where I pet dogs and take baths. That's going to be the fucking greatest thing I've ever heard of in my life because I don't want to take a bath in real life. But virtual me will bathe the shit out of himself. Let's do it. So I was watching these clips of Red Dead Redemption, and uh, this is when we were still, you know, planning the Raspberry Pi and stuff. So I reached out to Geo. This is, eh, you know, the end of November. I said, hey, man, I got caught up watching uh, this game called Red Dead Redemption. Is that available on Raspberry Pi? And he texts me and he's like, wait a minute, where'd you see that? I said, online. He goes, you like that? 
I said, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. I saw like I saw these hidden Easter eggs and stuff like that. And I, I want to spoil stuff for you if you guys are playing. But there's all sorts of weird stuff people find. And he goes, well, that, that's for PS4 and for for console. I said, oh, OK, so I can't do that. He goes, well, no, he goes, you know, if you got a PS4, there's a button on the PS4 for streaming. Like you could press this button and be on Twitch playing Red Dead Redemption instantly. I said, oh, he goes, I just Mike, he goes, I never thought you'd be interested in that sort of thing. I said, no, I'm fascinated by it. I said, I watched this dude petting a dog and then he he comes upon a guy in an alley and it turns out the guy might, you know, what I want. Again, I'm not spoiling stuff, but I mean, I was watching all this stuff take place and just watching the guy ride his horse and walk around and talk. And and, uh, I I mean, Ahmad, I was talking about Red Dead Redemption. He goes, dude, he goes, your horse's balls shrink in the winter. He goes, that's how fucking detailed this game is. I'm like, oh, my Christ, that's what I'm on board for. A shrinking horse balls and taking a bath game. Dude, fucking sign me up. So Gio became really excited and he's like, dude, Black Friday's coming up. They've got all these deals on PS4s. If you get one of those, you'll be streaming fucking immediately. And I'm like, well, let's not fucking get carried away with immediately. I mean, I'll have the tools to stream, but I don't know if I'll be streaming immediately. So he's like, no, man, you got to go get a console. That's going to be perfect. Let's do it. Let's get a PS4. He goes, they have this slim bundle. You can go and pick it up. It's got Spider-Man. Oh, my God. And there's a Red Dead Redemption one, too. You got to go. And, you know, Geo revs like me. So he's rampaging and he's texting and he's typing. And I'm just like, look, I don't I go. Just tell me what to do here, man. Tell me what I got to do. So then all of a sudden, Geo fucking uh, he sends me money. I go, dude, why are you sending me money? He goes, because you got to buy this PS4. He goes, then you can pay me back. And I go, Gio, will you, will you quit? He goes, it's an investment. It's an investment. Once you start streaming, things will start working out. Okay. And I'm like, dude, you can't. I go, you're, you're in the same boat I am. And he goes, no, I'm not. He goes, I want to get you on. I want to get you up and running. That's fucking cool as hell. So I was like, you didn't have to do this. He goes, no, go get, you want to get the slim bundle for Spider-Man. That's what you want to get. You want to get a PS4 slim bundle with a Spider-Man game included. It's only $200. Then you want to get Red Dead Redemption. You want to do all these things. And, and I said, oh, okay. I go, what do I do here? And so Gio basically is it, he's in Idaho at mission control. He's just, he's just telling me shit that he's like Morgan Freeman and Batman. He's my guy. He's my eyes on the scene. Who's telling me where to go. He's, or, or, you know, he's like, he's like fucking, uh, who is Chris Christopherson? He's like Whistler in blade. You know what I mean? He's just kind of a mentor who's telling me shit that I got to go do. Um, and Gio's a bit of a day walker. I won't lie to you. He survives all night long, but he's also a day walker, but he, uh, he starts texting me all these places to go now. And, and I, I look, you know me, I don't want to fucking, I didn't want to wind up caught up in all the shopping and bullshit. He's like, these are Black Friday specials, but he's telling me this on Wednesday. I'm like, well, can I get them now? And he, he's sending me screenshots. Like I said, he's at Mission Control. He's screenshotting. He's got some website that looks at all of the Walmarts and all of the Targets, all the bet buys. Basically, it finds out where the PlayStation bundle is. It tells you how many they have in store and their availability. So he's sending me screenshots. He's like, dude, you got to go here. You got to uh, go to Panorama City. And I'm like, I don't, oh, I don't, and I don't want to go to Panorama. Like it was this thing where I was resistant. I wanted to do what he said, but at the same time, I was kind of like, dude, it's because this was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Now, I I think I've described to you already. um, I had to drive a bunch on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I didn't even get to go shopping for food. But he's like, he was so adamant and so excited, and I didn't want to let him down. And also, I want to get this fucking streaming thing going. You know me, it's that thing where it's like, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know if I'm going to pay this kind of money. But then I go out and have a, you know, a, a triple figure meal for Nate Appleman. You know what I mean? It's like, if I've got money, I spend it and I have adventures and I come and tell you about it. And I'm gracious that you guys allow me to do that. Thank you. Uh, but buying a console in my head, I'm like, all right, well, wait a minute. I bought a monitor. I bought, uh, you know, because I'm going to, I get money, Patreon stuff and money and people contribute on live streams. And now I'm just dumping it back into the show to get this Nintendo thing and get live. So, uh, and then Geo sends me money. He's like, pay me back when you can. And I'm 
I'm like, all right. He's like, I, I don't want to let anybody down, and I want to be streaming as soon as I possibly can. But a fucking webcam, and he said, and then he sent me another webcam for the PlayStation, dude. It's fucking insane. So he's in Mission Control, and he's just sending me screenshots. He's like, go over, there's a Best Buy here. There's a Target in Burbank. And, and I'm like, look, dude, you can't, I, don't schlep me all over the fucking world. It's not going to happen. I go, so I, I focused in on a place in Burbank. There was a Best Buy in Burbank. And I even asked him, I go, there, there's a Best Buy by my house. Like it's closer than Burbank. And he goes, nope, it's telling me that there's no number there. You can't go there. You got to go to Woolen Burbank. They got, you know, got like oh, are over a hundred. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm just trying to get, like I said, I'm, I, uh, I'm not just buying a PlayStation console. I have to get the slim bundle with the Spider-Man game. All right, whatever. So I head out on Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, Black Black Friday used to be you'd have to start lining up Thursday night at like 5 a.m. Or, you know, Saturday, Friday morning, 5 a.m., Thursday at midnight to get in at 5 in the morning, whatever. Because I did Black Friday once before. Go ahead and listen to year fucking two. And, dude, I did that for like a USB drive. That's how fucking goofy I was. I mean, I waited in line at Best Buy. I ran and I wound up buying, you know what I did? I bought the Chappelle Show, the Mr. Show, and the Arrested Development DVD box sets for like $10 each. And then I bought some USB drives. That was my Black Friday experience, but I fucking hated it because I'm standing out in the cold with a bunch of fucking people who are, you know, because they're ready to get in there and elbow people in the face over televisions. And this is fucking 20 years ago or whatever the fuck uh, or, or 15 years ago. I don't know when Arrested Development came out. 96, maybe. I don't know. Uh, no, 97. I was here. That's I've, I've been here for 21 years. <laughs> maybe 2006. I don't know, dudes. But I waited in fucking line then and I didn't. But I wasn't fighting. Like I said, I just want these DVDs and these USBs. And, and, and but I also in my brain went, I'm never fucking doing this again and what's funny is i have a friend heidi who's friend of the show heidi miller she used to make like i mean she made t-shirts for black friday her and her daughters and her her mom and uh her friends they would literally go wait it was an event like every thursday night they would get their t-shirts ready they were a fucking team and they had lists and they would break out in the store and just get fucking everything they had to get they loved it man they really looked forward to doing it they don't do it so much anymore because you know her her kids are grown and she's got all sorts of other stuff going on, but uh, but it used to be a real thing. I mean, like a total event where they would line up, they'd have the shirts at a, a fucking team Miller, and they'd get in there and just fucking take the store down. So part of me considered like contacting her and going, "Hey, could you uh, put together Team Miller again and get me a fucking PlayStation Four Slim bundle with Spider Man on it?" But again, I'm 51 years old, and that seems weird to ask my friend, especially a woman. Uh, you know, I was like, I, I imagine her husband Chris just going, "So let me get this straight." Mike's got you going out to the store to buy him Spider-Man. Is that what I'm to understand? Our our 51-year-old comedian friend has called you from 2,000 miles away to get you to put Team Miller back together and drag your daughters out into the cold to buy him Spider-Man. Is that is that what I'm being told here? I don't need Chris calling me up and giving me a rash of shit. So I was like, eh, maybe I don't bother Heidi with this. But fucking, you know, Gio's like, he's he's sending me, go here, go there, go here. So Black Friday used to be Friday morning, but now it's it's bled into Thursday nights, bled into Thursday day, and it's awful often bled into Wednesday night, as as Gio told me. He's like, Yeah, go to these places. They have them. I've got them. There's a list right here. So I go to Burbank and uh and I gotta you know, I don't even there was a reason I didn't want to drive. You know, I didn't want to be out there driving people because I knew it was going to be a goddamn zoo. And sure enough, Wednesday, I go to this fucking, there's a thing in Burbank where there's there's a Best Buy, there's a Target, there's a Walmart, there's a Krispy Kreme, there's fucking GameStop. Like everything I needed was in this one particular area. And he's like, they've got it. They've got it all over there. You got to go to these places. So I get in there and I, I you know, I, I said, which one do I try first? He's like, try Best Buy. 
Uh, and again, this guy is, he's at home. He's taking care of himself. He's taking care of, of, of his, you know, he has uh, his pets that he loves. Uh, so they're there and he's, he's doing all of this stuff and he's doing his job, his real job. He's doing his love line stuff, but this guy still finds the time to mission control me and send me off to a goddamn Best Buy. So I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful. And so that's why I had to go. Even though I tried to, I tried to do that thing where I'm like, ah, I don't want to fucking do this. Ah, this just seems weird. Ah, what am I doing? But at the same time, I, I was like, fuck you, man. He's making the effort where he's doing this. You, you've got to reward that man. So, uh, sure enough, I, I wound up, I walk into this Best Buy and, uh, and they look like they are girding for war. I mean, there, there is nothing but dudes. And I'll tell you this, I walk in the door and there's a huge display of PlayStations right at the fucking door, PS4s. But I'm looking, I'm like, Slim Bundle, Slim Bundle, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Nope, they're just PS4s. So I go walking around, I walk past the fridges, I walk past all of these, again, literally, men in chain mail and, and blue Best Buy shirts waiting to fight off the hordes. And it's still Wednesday. And I'm, I'm talking, it's like 5 o'clock Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Wednesday night. And I, I duck into the back, I go by the video games, and I, I'm not joking, I turn the corner, there's got to be 15 dudes just unboxing Red Dead Redemption and, and, and consoles, Xboxes and shit. And I walk up to this dude. I go, hi. I go, look, man, I'm new at all this. And he goes, okay. I go, I'm here for the Spider-Man Slim Bundle that with Spider-Man who lives in a PS4. And uh, this guy looks at me. And again, you can see that I'm out of my element. You can see that I, I need help. You can see that I'm a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. And this guy, again... Best Buy hires only the most gracious, the most helpful people in the world. This guy looks in my face and uh, laughs. <laughs> I go, that's, uh, I guess that's funny. He goes, oh yeah, man, we that, that's not until uh, tomorrow night. Absolutely tomorrow night. I go, okay, but it's here. I mean, I, I was just on a website. My friend is sending me, there's a website that tells us it's here. He goes, oh yeah, because we've got it in the back. He goes, but we're not, uh, we're not able to sell it yet. I said, uh, okay, all right, so what time tomorrow? He goes, well, probably tomorrow night. I think it's going to come out about 7 o'clock p.m., maybe 8 o'clock p.m., but yeah, Thanksgiving night is when we start, but it's all it's a Black Friday thing, so you have to come back. And I said, oh, I go, this uh, this has the feel of an invasion to it. And he just started laughing at his buddies. He goes, he goes you hear that? He, goes, he said it's going to be an invasion. He goes, oh, man, if you'll be here tomorrow night, you'll absolutely see. It's going to be crazy. He, and I said, okay, I, I, I got no interest in that. Good luck to all of you. I hope you survive. And I turn and I walk out. So I text you. I'm like, yeah, man, Best Buy says they, they have it, but it's, uh, it's not available until Thursday night. He goes, all right, well, you got to go to the Walmart. The Walmart says they've got them. It's right there, right? You got to go to this one. Here's the address. So I, I go across the parking lot. And this Walmart was, uh, I, and look, I'm going to tell you this. I, you know, I used to go to Walmart all the time in, in Wisconsin. And uh, there's just a feel about Walmart that's different than Best Buy, that's different than Target. Like, like Best Buy has carpeting. And Target, I don't know if it's the red coloring everywhere, but it feels inviting. Walmart feels cold. Walmart feels alien. And Walmart, there's no getting around it. Walmart feels poor. I don't care where you are. I, I mean, you because you walk in, and maybe it's just the shitty signage that they use. Or the fact that right when you walk in the door, they've got like 99 cent pies, whole pies for a dollar where you're just like, well, this just this can't be good. None of this can be good. But, you know, they deal in bulk so they can price accordingly. And that makes sense. But at the same time, 
in your brain, you're just like, well, I can't fucking do this. It just, it, there's it, a dollar pie. There's got to be something. I mean, a can of dog food is a dollar twenty nine. I'm not gonna fucking get a pie for a buck. Um, but there's just something about Walmart that feels cheap and off. So I walk into Walmart, I take a lap or two or three, and there's a million fucking people in there on a Wednesday. And uh, that's another thing about Walmart. Best Buy at least is selling you refrigerators and slim bundles. You walk into Walmart, and like I said, they got a dollar for a pie. They got boxes of cereal. They got candy and chips and Oreos and fucking underwear. And I mean, you know, anytime you can buy fucking underwear and pancake mix in the same joint, it's just not the same. It's not good. Uh, I understand Meyer, all those fucking places. That's their deal. And, and look, even Target has groceries. I get it. But there's something about Target that feels this will sound dumb. And never in, in the history of the world has anyone said this about Target before. Something about Target feels upscale, certainly compared to Walmart, not compared to Best Buy, but compared to Meyer and Walmart and even Costco. Like Target feels like a like a Macy's. I, I know that sounds weird, but compared to those joints, it might as well be. So I walk around this Walmart, I'm looking, I'm dashing, I'm, and I finally get back to the video games. And again, there's a million people back there and they're, they're setting up, they're unboxing shit, they're piling. And I walk up to a dude and I go, Hey, look, I go, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the slim bundle PS4 with Spider-Man inside of it. And he goes, Oh yeah. And I said, all right, well, where are they? Like, are they, is there a display or something? Cause I just, I just kind of took a lap here and he goes, Oh no, no, uh, we're not, it's not for sale yet. I said, okay, what does that mean? And he goes, well, it'll be on sale tomorrow. It's a Black Friday deal. Like, okay, well, tomorrow's Thursday. He goes, yeah, but Black Friday starts really technically Thursday night now. I go, okay, well, I went to a website my friend has, and it basically says that Wednesday night is when Black Friday starts, and it says you guys have this console. And he goes, oh, yeah, we got a million of them in the back. I go, oh, all right. Uh, is there is there a way to grab one? He goes, oh, no, man, it can't be on sale until tomorrow. I said, but... You realize it doesn't make any sense. I'm willing to spend the money now. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a day early. He goes, oh, yeah, but they have a finite number of them. They can't put them out for everybody. And if we sold them now, we couldn't have them here on Thursday to sell. I said, okay, uh, so I'm not going to get one. And he goes, well, not now. He goes, but if you come back Thursday, you know, the line will probably start up about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I go, on a Thanksgiving day? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's going to be crazy around here. I go, there's no way I can get one. I go, but you do have them. And he goes, oh, yeah, we got a million of them in the back. And I go, I, I, I heard that, but I can't get one now. He goes, no. And I said, uh, would 20 bucks change your mind? And he laughed and he goes, no, man, I just, I can't. And now I'm, I'm feeling, I was feeling anxious and a little bit desperate because Gio was being very nice and admission control, sending me all these places to go. And I didn't want to let him down. But at the same time, I was feeling even more anxious and desperate because I didn't want to fucking come out on Thanksgiving. I didn't want to come out on Friday in the middle of this fucking zoo. I didn't want to have it happen. So I finally looked at him and I go, Hey, uh, all right. Um, would 50 bucks change your mind? Because again, I'm flush with geocache. What the fuck do I care? <laughs> this isn't even my money anyway. And uh, and he just looks at me and he goes, are you serious? I go, I am. And he goes, ah, man, I, I appreciate the offer, but I absolutely cannot. I said, okay. I go, but let me get this straight again. You have a million of them in the back. And he just kind of sheepishly goes, yes. And I go, but I can't buy one. And he goes, no, I'm sorry. And I go, you do realize that's against everything America stands for, right? And I started laughing and he goes, yeah, I know. I go, free market system, capitalism indicates that you have a product. I have money. We can exchange this for goods and services. And I would even give you a spiff on top of that. And he goes, I understand, sir. I just, I wish I could help you, but I can't. 
I said, all right, I just want to, I just want to clear it up. You have a million of them in the back because we do. I said, but I cannot have one of them now because the clock has not struck a certain hour. He goes, yep, that's it. I'm, I'm really sorry. I go, no problem. I go, I appreciate it. And, and again, it was good natured. We were having fun. I never got mad because I understand his position. I also know in the next three days, he's going to get fucking murdered by everybody looking for all sorts of garbage. Uh, and also I was trying to get a jump on it. You know what I mean? And I, and look, man, I took my, I, I hail Mary, hail married it. I tried to give him 50 bucks. Uh, so I said, all right, dude, thanks. I go, what time tomorrow? He goes, it's probably, line's probably going to start around three or whatever. And I said, okay, great. And, uh, and I walked away and he goes, sir. And I go, yeah. And, uh, he goes, come here. And he takes me aside because there's a bunch of other employees there, but he pulls me into a quiet area. And in my head, I'm like, all right, we are about to do fucking business. This fucking guy's going to go, hey, man, if you give me $75, I'll get you that fucking slim bundle Spider-Man. You won't have to leave your house tomorrow and you can choke down turkey and stare at the box. So I'm like, here we go. Business is about to pick up. He takes me over to look a little quiet area and I go, huh? Okay, what's going on? Uh, and he goes, well, I, I wanted to get you over here. I go, just change your mind. I go, what, 50 bucks? And he goes, no. Um, were you sent here by corporate? I said, excuse me? He goes, are you... Like, were you sent here as a test from corporate to see if we would if we would sell something early? And I went, oh, no, I'm just a lazy, ignorant guy who doesn't want to come out on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I started laughing. And he goes, okay. He goes, I didn't know if there were, I was being tested or something because I'm, I'm new. I've only been here like a month. And I didn't know if someone picked me out and I was being targeted. And I go, no, man. I go, I'm just the guy who doesn't want to come out of his house tomorrow. He goes, okay. I just wanted to make sure of that. And I go, no problem. I go, dude, relax. You did a really great job. You told me no four times and you, you were kind the whole time. He goes, okay. I just want to make sure I'm not in trouble. I go, dude, of course not. I go, I'm not. Uh, please. Thank you so much for even helping me. Uh, I said, I'll, I, I said, hopefully I don't see you tomorrow. I turned around and walked out. So I texted Gio. I'm like, yeah, man, Walmart's a no. I go, the guy even said they have a million of them in the back and he couldn't fucking help me. And, uh, he's just like, all right, well, you know, the, there's a GameStop over there. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want to go to fucking GameStop. He goes, GameStop has a million of them. I just went and checked the guy that's right here. And he sends me the screenshot. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I drove over to GameStop. And uh, at, at this complex, again, if you got to figure if there's a Best Buy, a Walmart, and a Target, as well as all these other things. And I actually took a picture of the Krispy Kreme sign. I go, dude, all right, changing plans. Uh, I'm just buying the amount of money you sent me worth of Krispy Kreme, and we'll call it a day. We'll film me eating them. How's that sound? And he's like, oh, you know what? At this point, maybe. Uh, so this big fucking campus where they had everything, I had to turn and twist and park and do all these different things. And sure enough, I finally get into uh, the GameStop crevice, the, the nook and crevice, the nook and cranny. I park. I walk in, uh, this kid has a shaved head on one side and really long on the other, you know, and I'm just like, Oh good. Fucking uh, thank you. Bauhaus. I'm going to talk to you now, but I walked in and I go, Hey man, do you have a, uh, you got the Spider-Man slim bundle? He goes, no, you know what? I think we just sold the last one. I go, what? You actually had them and I'm dicking around at fucking Walmart, man. And he's just like, well, yeah, I think we sold the last one. I go, oh, can you check? Like, I can you look in the back or anything? He goes, well, he goes, I can tell you this. We got a PlayStation uh, with a Red Dead Redemption bundle. And Gio wanted me to get Red Dead Redemption anyway. And I was like, all right, well, that's a possibility. And he goes, hmm, should I let you have that or not? And I, I looked at him. I'm like, what? Uh, excuse me? And he just kind of smirked. He goes, hey, hold on. I, I need to make sure that we even have it before I start making this offer. I go, well, while you're checking, see if you got the Spider-Man one. He goes, well, I can assure you, sir, we definitely don't have the Spider-Man one. 
I mean, this dude, like if fucking smug was money, this guy was Jeff Bezos. I mean, this guy was so rich in disdain for anybody, especially olds who come into the GameStop. I'm sure he's used to sitting there and squawk with everybody else about goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog and how much they hate the upcoming movie, whatever the fuck. But when an old comes in, they kind of size him up like, oh, well, your son is going to be disappointed this Christmas because our Slim Bundle is sold out. <laughs> Shut up, dick. Um... But he busts out the blue fucking notebook and he starts flipping through and he's like, uh, yeah, no, our Spider-Mans are definitely gone. They've been spoken for. I'm like, oh, what are you fucking Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago, giving me a hard fucking time like the valet? What are you doing, dude? Uh, but sure enough, he's like, he's looking at it and he goes, you know what? We do have the bundles with Red Dead Redemption. I can go look in the back if you'd like one of those. I go, great. How much are those? He said, it's only five hundred dollars. And I just I stared at him and in my head. I'm like. The fucking PS4 Slim bundle with Spider-Man's only two. How the fuck can the one with Red Dead Redemption be? Because again, Red Dead Redemption's only seventy bucks. How the fuck can it all be? Can that be five hundred? Was four ninety nine? And uh, and it, it was because of availability. It was because of the fact that Spider-Man's old and Red Dead's new. I I don't fucking know. But I just went. He goes, I'll look in the back for you. I go, no, uh, dude. Yeah, I literally holster that instinct because I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm not paying five hundred. He goes, oh. All right, well, you know, we may have another Spider-Man bundle uh, tomorrow or Black Friday, but I'm not sure if we will. But uh, you can check one of the other establishments here in the mall. I mean, just this weird fucking, like, like I said, he's like a wine steward or something. I'm like, all right, Smug Jones, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I go, all right, thanks. And I walk out and I text Gio. I'm like, dude, uh, they said that, you know, they said they just said they fucking sold their last, the last Spider-Man. I go, but they wanted to sell me Red Dead for 500. And then I'm thinking, was that an upsell? Like, did they have a, did they have a million Spider-Man in the back, but they wanted to trick the old into buying Red Dead bundle for five bills? I don't fucking know if they get commission at GameStop to pay for their haircuts. Uh, But I, but I tried, I did the best I could. But Gio, again, he just kept, he kept sending me texts. He's like, all right, man, you know what? It's probably not going to work today because it's Wednesday, but I'll definitely keep an eye on it for you. And I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you're always in the loop and, and then Thursday comes, and as I told you, Thursday I had to go out and buy food because I wanted to cook for myself by myself, and uh, I, I couldn't find any pumpkin pies, and then I, I scored a victory pie at Gelson's. I was so excited. I came home, cooked my food. I'm sitting down watching football, and my house smelled like, it didn't just smell like Thursday. It smelled like Thanksgiving because in my ground turkey, I had put sage and and uh, and salt and pepper, and I had made it very, you know, in time, and I had made it very Thanksgiving-y. I made stuffing. Uh, I made some mac and cheese. I mean, I, like I said, I had a carb fest. I was, I was stuffed. I'm watching football. And then, uh, my man Gio just steps up and he just starts sending me texts and he's like, all right. He goes, I've got a listing here that the Spider-Man bundle goes on sale tonight. It's right now available, but I can tell you the numbers are decreasing. They are selling them everywhere. You can just, and he gives me my marching orders. And in my head, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I just want to fucking enjoy Thanksgiving. I don't want, I, I don't want to do this, man. So I think I even texted that to him. I'm like, dude, I'm in my house watching football. Like, I, I don't want to, and he's like, yeah, but you can be up and streaming. This is the thing. We can get you going. You can, it's $200. I mean, if you don't, if you have to wait another day, it's going to be another, it's going to be like $400, man. This is half price. This is an amazing deal. And, um, I'm trying to be kind and I'm like, like, dude, I'm, I'm literally, I'm in my house, man. I'm not, I don't think I'm leaving. I, I, it's, it's, it's nice and it's warm and I don't, I don't want to venture out into that fucking mess. So periodically he's sending me to, he's like, dude, in Panorama city, they have this in Porter ranch. They have this. And, uh, you know, in North Hills, they've got this. And, and I'm like, I don't, all right. I, and then 
I said, Panorama City is is fairly close. It's like 10 miles, 12 miles from my house. North Hills, too. I said, Porter Ranch, because that's a rich area. Porter Ranch is like fancy. But anytime you got ranch, remember I told you about directionals? Anytime you got ranch in the name, that's rich people. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he goes, it says that they have a bunch there. I go, well, because it's kind of isolated. And I'm sure rich people are, don't have to come out for Black Friday. Only the poors do because they got to save that money. And, uh, and so then the, in the meantime, I'm also checking Amazon, trying to find the slim bundle on there because then I don't have to leave my goddamn house. You want to talk about a Black Friday? I'll, I'll Cyber Monday the shit out of it on Black Friday and try to find the deal. So I'm on I'm watching football. I'm looking and he's texting me and I just I'm starting to feel guilty because again he's he's Geo can't care more about me and my career than I do. I can't let that happen. And he is constantly telling me like, Hey man, you know, we can do this. Let's go. He's giving me pep talks. He's cheering me up. And this is a guy, like I said, he works a full-time gig. He, he works a full-time thing for Corolla. He's working for me and he's got his own life to tend to. So I wanted to honor that. And and so he's sending me clips and he's like, all right, Panorama city has this and Port Rant. And then finally he's like, dude, Southgate has more of them than anybody. Southgate had like a hundred. He goes, but the numbers are dwindling. And he sent me screenshots that showed like literally it would go from a hundred to 97. Like they were all, the sales were in progress. And I wrote him back and I go, that is all right. I go, Southgate is like 25 miles from my house. And he wrote me, he's like, whoa, I go, yeah, I go that, that just seems like a fucking haul dude. But when I was texting that I was putting on my shoes and getting ready to go to fucking Southgate because everything else was down to like 40 and 30 and 10 and 12. And even Porter ranch was starting to sell, but Southgate had over, they had a triple digits when he first sent it to me. And I'm like, it was like 200, I think even. And I'm like, all right, fuck this. I will go down there and I will make this happen. And I didn't tell him, but I, I, I could not let him down because by proxy letting geo down would be letting me down. He was only looking out for what was best for me. So I, I got in the car and I headed down the Southgate and, uh, and let me tell you about Southgate. Remember I said directionals, any directional with a, with a, with a fucking, you know, any directional in the title of your city, you're, you're looking at issues like weapons and shit. And that's, and Southgate is every bit of that. Southgate was on the way to Downey. Downey is not good. Uh, it was funny. Randy grew up in Downey. I used to tease her all the time. I'm like, look at you. You were fucking dating, probably dating every Hispanic dude in the business. Just looking for some Brown magic. Uh, but man, I, I, I mean, I got this Southgate here. Look, this will tell you all you need to know about Southgate. The mayor of Southgate is a neck tattoo. That, that's literally, it's not even a person. It's just a neck tattoo. That'll tell you all you need to know about that fucking town. But I was going, I'm like, fuck this. If they've got it, I'm going. So I pull into this Walmart because this is a Walmart. This isn't like a fancy Best Buy. This is look, man, if you're going to Southgate, there's a Walmart. Best Buy doesn't even come there. You know what? They have goodbye. They have all right by in the parking lot. If you want to go to Southgate, they only fucking give them all right by now. And I'll tell you what, there are millions of targets in Southgate. They're just not all retail spaces, but there is absolutely an all right by in the parking lot there. So, but there's a Walmart big beacon. I saw it from the highway. I pull off and make a few rights, a few lefts. I get into the parking lot. And as I get into the deeper parking lot, there's people just, there's people eating out of the back of their cars. Like they brought their Thanksgiving dinner and they, they have it wrapped in foil and they're eating plates as they're standing around their cars. There's children just walking around holding uh, products. And then all of a sudden I look and there's a kid. He walks by me with a PS4 Spider-Man Slim Bundle. And I'm like, I have come to the right goddamn place. Now, I will tell you this. Uh, I'm the only white person in the parking lot. I'm the only Caucasian on my way into the store. I get out, except for the security guard at the front door, of course. Uh, I go walking up and I, th- this is, this is the setup for a Walmart. They dude, they had fucking velvet ropes 
velvet fucking ropes that you had to adhere. Not, not because it was fancy. Certainly not because it was fancy. No, it was to keep you in line like fucking cattle to make sure you went and found your way through the store the right way. They didn't want you wandering off. So, uh, so I walk in, I follow the velvet ropes and I look at this guy, I go, Spider-Man slim bundle. He goes, Oh man, they got them all back in aisle 28. I said, thank you. So I'm going and I'm looking, I make a turn. This guy goes, no, no, you can't go that way. And I'm like, well, hey, dude, aisle 28 right over there. No, you got to follow the ropes. Ah, oh, fuck. So I'm walking with people. We're looking and I'm moving. And it's just this thing where people are, you know, people are stopping to look at pillows and shit. I'm like, what are you buying pillows for on fucking on, on Black Friday slash Thanksgiving night? What are you doing, man? What are you me buying USB drives? Get the get your toys and get the fuck out. Uh, but I can't verbalize that because then I'm going to wind up in a gang war. So I'm walking. I'm making some turns. I'm following the maze. And I get to aisle 28 and aisle 28. Uh, I, I, well, let's put it this way. I get to aisle 20 and I look at the end of the velvet rope, like not the end, but certainly in the distance. And I see just a group of people and I'm like, all right, well, that must be where I'm going. And I'm like two, three, four. I look up at the sign. I see 28. They're out. They're all at aisle 28. So I'm like, all right, uh, they're probably passing them out. It's probably a jovial uh, Thanksgiving holiday environment and everyone's getting them and clapping each other on the back and uh, pronouncing themselves congratulated because they went ahead and stepped out of their comfort zone and picked up a slim bundle for two bills. All right. And I walk up and as I get closer, I can hear the uh, voices and I can hear the consternation and I can hear this one particular woman go, what do you mean? They said they were over here. What do you mean? So I come up and uh, let me tell you about this Walmart. You know, like I said, there's a security guard outside. There's security inside the store. And I don't mean Walmart security guards. I mean, inside the fucking store. They have the, the yellow jacketed event staff that I used to work for when I would work for concerts. They've got them manning and, and, and the, the aisles. So fucking I walk up and it turns out there's two security women, these poor women. I mean, they, they got, you know, they're just standing there just making sure nobody kills one another and they're getting the brunt of it because they're the ones at aisle 28. So I walk up and it turns out these people are like, where's the Spider-Man? We were told that they were here. They told us in the front. They told us to come back here. Now are people buying them in other parts of the store? This one woman was in charge. And I looked at her and I go, what's going on? She goes, they don't have the Spider-Man. I go, they told me aisle 28 because they told me aisle 28. And I look at the security lady. I go, look, I go, I know this is not your deal. I totally get you don't work here and you're just kind of tending bar. I go, but look at this. And I showed her my phone and I go, it, cause I mean, I, I had the screenshot from Geo, and then I actually went to the website live and I would refresh it. I go, it says that there's still like 120 here in the store. She goes, I'm being told that there are no more. I go, well, again, I know you don't work here. Can we get somebody who works here? She goes, well, they've already called the manager. And the woman who was, like I said, really kind of rabble rousing. I look at her and I go, they said the manager's coming over. She goes, do you really think the manager's going to come over and help us? They got a store full of people who are looking for a million different things. And they don't, they don't have any investment in making sure that we get the Spider-Man PS4 bundle. You know, it's a, it's such a good deal. They probably get them in the back for all the employees. I mean, she's mad, dude. And now... I can't help but roll with her because I'm like, all right, well, this is the fucking chick. I mean, she's my bulldozer. I'm just standing with her now as she starts talking. And then, and the best part is in the middle of it, she started to do that fucking weird ass. Like uh, she made me think of Rita Moreno because she's just talking and she's just like, yeah, I can't believe that this is happening. And then, like, bah, 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 bah. and then in Spanish, she turns to talk to her friend and then she starts yelling again in fucking English. And then she turns to her friend in Spanish. And I should tell you, also, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't some like trashy chick. I mean, she was like, she's wearing nice clothes and she was, you know, she had really, her glasses were fancy, but she was just frustrated. And, and anybody can get like that. I've been that guy, but I was refusing to get frustrated with the, with the security people, but I wasn't happy. 
but I knew that they didn't work there. So we needed to find Walmart people. So this woman is just like, yeah, you know, they're not here. I'm sorry. And I goes, the, is the manager coming over? And she goes, we were told that he is. So we're waiting. And finally the, the, the spitfire, the Latin spitfire, she just looks and she goes, I, I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for him. You think the manager's really going to come over here? I'm not doing this. She turns on, she walks off. And the crowd just kind of dissipates because a lot of them were just lurking because she was causing a scene. So I turn around and I try to double back and the guys are like, no, man, you got to follow the ropes all the way through. And I go, dude, the thing I'm looking for isn't here. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So I just walked away. I ignored the security guard because no offense. You're just wearing a yellow blazer or not even a blazer, a windbreaker. I mean, <laughs> if you got a blazer, maybe I give you a second listen, but you got a windbreaker. I used to be you dude. No fucking way. I know you have zero authority. All you are is a human shield. When the shit hits the fan, you're just, a, you're just a bullet catcher's mitt. That's it. If anything goes bad, you're just going to catch fists and bullets until it's over because the real employees don't want to fucking deal with that shit. So uh, I just smiled at him. I go, okay, great. And I just, I just walked the way I wanted to walk. And uh, I was walking and then I heard someone say Spider-Man. This is out of the, out of my right ear. I was like, and I turned around, I go, excuse me, what? Spider-Man where? And they go, they said they're at aisle 14. I go, the PS4, the slim bundle. They go, yeah, right now they've got them at 14. And I go heading toward 14 and I see a boy and he's got a Spider-Man bundle in his hands. And I'm like, oh, dude, all right, fuck. So I start to hustle and I'm cutting through. And then I try to cut through a lane and this guy's like, you can't go down here. I'm like, damn it. So I stayed within the ropes because, again, I'm not trying to be a complete jag off. Uh, but I'm bumping into people because people I'm going, look, I'm, you know who I am? I'm my brother, Glenn. I'm antisocial. I'm moshing against the flow. I'm going down the way of the fucking velvet ropes. I'm going down the, the up ropes uh, and I'm heading down and I get to aisle 14 and I pull up and, uh. It's like sporting goods and shit. And I look and I go, there's a guy standing there. And I go, hey, man, uh, it's a Walmart guy. I go, dude, uh, is Spider-Man here? And he goes, pardon me? I go, well, not Spider-Man, not the guy. I go, is there, <laughs> there's supposed to be a PS4 Slim Bundle Spider-Man. I go, they, we went to aisle 28 and they said they weren't there. And they sent us here to aisle 14. And he just goes, uh, oh, yeah, no, it's, um, you're going to want to go to the front of the store. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, yeah, they, they don't have it here. I'm sure they've got it in the front of the store. And he goes to the walkway. I go, look, hold on, sir. And he looks at me and his, his tag said Dwayne and uh, with a W, by the way. And uh, he's a nice Hispanic gentleman. I said, Dwayne, I'm going to I'm going to ask you this as a nice person. Please be honest with me. I go, are you trying to get rid of me because you don't want to deal with my problem? Or are you you telling me that the Spider-Man stuff's in the front? And uh, he kind of sheepishly looked down and he goes, a little of both. I said, that's all I want, dude. Just be honest. That's all I care about. He goes, no, but seriously, we were told they were in the front of the store, but I, I don't have any answers other than that. And so I'm kind of trying to disappear here. I go, Dwayne, I get it. Do your thing. Go ahead and walk off. And, uh, and, and I, so I hustled down, I'm going through the ropes. I'm moving and zinging. I'm, I, and, uh, I get to the front of the store and there's nothing, of course, you know what I mean? There's nothing. There's just people. It's just, and, and now it's that thing where the store has been picked over. So I, I dude, I passed by this video game section where I, I, I we have that joke about books on the pound, books by the pound. They had video games by the pound. They just had piles of games in bins and, and there's people just sorting through and throwing stuff on the ground. I mean, it just, it was, it was that thing where, again, it was the end of miracle mile where you're like, all right, everything, everything's falling apart. You turn around, there's guys trying to get in a helicopter. There's guys sorting through the bin. There's people buying pillows. There's people tripping all over themselves to buy a fucking kid's outfit, a onesie. And, uh, and you're just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I'm just here looking for Spider-Man. And you know, you know what I really needed? I needed Spider-Man's help. I didn't need to just find, Sp- I needed to find Spider-Man, not the fucking game. I needed him to come in and swing around the fucking thing and find my console. I get to the front of the store. There's just people. They're picking through piles of whatever the fuck. 
And I'm like, I'm, I, this is fucked. I can't, I don't, uh, and, and now I'm mad. Because again, I've been, Dwayne, I understood. But the very fact that they're telling him all this misinformation, I've been to 28, I've been to 14. Now I'm in the front of the store. I don't see anything. And I'm like, oh, this is fucked. And I, I, and I could, I was going to leave the exit. And they're like, you can't go out this way. I go, what? They go, you can't, this is the entrance. I go, so what do I got to do? They go, you got to follow the ropes. I go, you're telling me I got to go all the way through the entire store. I just came from the middle of the store. They go, well, you should have just, they should have told you to just keep going. And I'm like, uh, they did. They go, yeah, see, there's that. We can't let people out through the entrance. You got to exit through the exit. And because they did, everybody warned me. They're like, don't go backwards on the ropes. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get around. And I turned around. I'm like, and there's now there's all the checkouts, you know, and you can't get to the checkout until you exit through the velvet ropes. And I'm like, motherfucker. So I turn around and I look and there's like four employees and they're standing next to a cart, like a dolly, like a bit, not, not a dolly, a big hand cart, you know, with two sides. I just knocked over my water. And, uh, there's four employees positioned one at the head of the cart, one at the back, one on the right, one on the left. And this cart is essentially a pallet on wheels filled with PS4 Spider-Man Slim Bundles. And I, I look at the website on my phone and it says that there's 44 left in store. And I look and they're they're all there on that pallet being guarded by four people. And I lean over, I go, dude, dude. And they're all talking. I go, dude. And he finally looks at me and I go, I, I have to have one of those. He goes, I can't, I can't help you. You got to come around. I go, I've got to make my way through the entire store to get it. Can you hold one for me? He goes, I can't. I go, so, so they could, it could be gone by the time I get around. He goes, well, we've got what we got. I go, are there any more in the back? He goes, no. And as I'm talking to him, two people walk up and they grab them. They had, they ask the people and the people hand them to them. Uh, and then they, they, well, first of all, they give them a chip that they had to bring to the, to the, to the fucking register because they didn't want to just give people the thing they, and they scanned the chip and then they paid and then they went back and they handed them the, the console. Couldn't bring the console to the register. And I don't know if earlier in the night they had people grabbing them and fleeing. I don't know what happened, but now they've got a fucking 24 hour guard posted around them. And by the way, it's two women and two men in Walmart vests. Like they're not going to be any challenge if people decide to storm them and steal the Spider-Man stuff. But that's who they had. That's who they've got lurking. So sure enough, man, uh, I go, all right, so I got to get over there. He goes, yeah. And I go, how many you got left? He goes, I don't know. I go, my website says there's now 40 left. And uh, cause I actually saw people take four and it went down on the website. He goes, well, I, we have it. We have sir. And I, I go, all right, I'm, I'm on my way. And I'm not kidding. Imagine, imagine this. I'm looking at my, all right, man, I will get there. I'm on my way. I hear the mission impossible theme go off in my head. And I just fucking hit the ground running through the goddamn velvet ropes. And I'm, I'm OJ through the airport. I'm Walter Payton running people over in 19 fucking 77. I'm just sweetness on my way to get a Spider-Man touchdown, man. I am dodging. I am dashing. I am spinning. And I'm fat Mike now. Like when I lost weight, I was doing this and I was really good. I've always been, I used to do this. I think I told you this when I was a kid, I would run and just run and dodge stuff, spinning, diving, dashing, and not, not diving on the ground, but I mean, diving, ducking, moving, spinning, like running directly at a hedge and trying to spin off it. Uh, it was a challenge. It was fun. And then as I got older, I started, I even did it, even though I was fat. And then I, and I, but the problem is when you're fat, the momentum takes you and you can actually fall. It's a thing. But, uh, 
but now fuck that Spider-Man Slim Bundle half price. I got to get there. So bum 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 bum. I'm I'm just fucking rolling, and I'm dodging, I'm dashing, I'm trying not to hit kids. I'm rolling. I get to aisle 14. I turn the corner. I'm moving. I'm zinging. I'm zagging. There's fucking velvet ropes and people with carts, and I'm going. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. I'm hustling. I'm jumping. And again, fat white guy running through the goddamn store. It's just it's gonna draw attention, particularly in fucking neck tattoo town. I mean, everybody's looking at me like, what the fuck is that? Did he steal something? Like, what's he? Why is he running? But they don't realize that there's a holy grail of Spider-Man bundles at the end of my fucking pursuit. So I'm moving. I'm hustling. And then I see there's a velvet rope that's down. I wouldn't have to jump it. So I kind of cut through it and I move past the bin of fucking people's ruffling through video games. And I go here and I cut and I zig it. I zag and I get to the front and I finally I'm like, all right, I emerge at the front and I'm, I'm in the middle. But the fucking I have to go all the way to my right to where the pallet is of fucking Spider-Man. And there's three people standing around it. And I'm like, fuck. And I walk over and uh, and now they're now they're down to 20. There's got to be I mean, people bought in the time it took me to get through the fucking store and dodge and dash. And I didn't run anybody over and hit any kids. I didn't bump at any cards. It was great. People were not happy with me. And they're like, hey, watch where you're going, S.A. And but it didn't matter. I fucking made it happen. And I get out and I see the pallet and I see the guards and I see three people around it and I walk up. And uh, and I had already texted Gio that uh, the whole I was texting Gio the whole time. I'm like, dude, nothing at aisle 28 fucking aisle 14. This guy just told me to fucking go to the front of the store. There's nothing here, dude. This is a fucking mistake. I go the website says there's 44. This is fucking ridiculous. Why are they making me do this? And because uh, all the shit that I wasn't taking out on Dwayne and the fucking security guards, I was texting to Gio just pure rage. <laughs> and I walk up to the pallet and I and I said to the woman, I go, I, I need one of these. And she goes, OK, uh, but first you need to pay for it. And I go, what? Because I didn't understand the chip thing yet. And she goes, here's, you, you've got to take a chip. You got to go pay. I said, oh, that's fine. I go, can I, do, can I ask you a favor? Can you guys like step aside so I can take a picture of this so I can send it to my friend? She goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, I, I go, I, I, I've been on a mission. I've been in like six different places trying to find this thing. And now we finally, this, we've landed it. We've, I've got to let my, my friend know our pursuit was not for naught. And uh, sure enough, he's like, uh, he, they, they've stepped aside, parted like the blue sea. And I snapped a photo of the palette. I just sent it to him. And uh, and I, 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 sent, I sent the picture to Gio and I just wrote 454 ain't no joke. Uh, and then I got the chip. I scanned it. I got my console. I walked out. And, uh, and I was feeling myself, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Because then I walk outside and there's all these little kids going, ooh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, ooh. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, fucking Spider-Man walking past people eating biscuits out of the back of their fucking Dodge Chargers. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And like, oh, Spider-Man. Not even joking. Some guys in a Suburban pulled up and they go, oh, dude, how much? That was two. That's half price, right? I go, you goddamn right. And I go, there's only like 19 left. They go, oh, we got to get in there. And I, I, it was, all of a sudden it was festive. It was, there was camaraderie. And, and I should tell you this, it wasn't all of a sudden. I just hadn't noticed that before. Everybody was really nice and supporting one another. And like people were offering food to one another, but people were eating tamales and selling tamales out of the back of their trucks. And just, it was fun as hell. Once I finally absorbed it, I wasn't on a mission. I was able to walk outside and revel in the fact that everybody was there for a holiday feeling and they had it. They were, it was coursing through the crowd. People were eating. They were, they were sharing food. They were enjoying it. They were, they had made it a communal family experience. They were out saving money and buying Christmas gifts together, but also celebrating the tail end of their Thanksgiving together in a parking lot. And it was, it felt great. I got in the car. I put Spider-Man in the trunk and I, and I left Southgate without getting shot. I was thrilled. And, uh, and I was feeling myself, as I've mentioned. So you know what I did, motherfuckers? I got closer to my house and I went to the Target by my house. And I walked in and I just, and I saw that mess, but I made my way right back to the video game thing. And I asked just because I said, Hey, do you guys have any Spider-Man, uh, PS4 slim bundles? And like, Oh no, those are gone. I'm sorry, man. We don't have those. And I, by the way, this guy was the cheeriest dude ever at the register. Hi, Heidi Ho, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. 
And uh, I said, all right. I go, you got any PS4 bundles? Oh, sir, I'm really sorry. It was like Ned Flanders. Oh, hi, diddly doodly. No, I'm sorry. We sold out of Spidery. And I'm like, all right, buddy. Um, I go, are there any Red Dead Redemptions left? And he's like, oh, with the game? Yeah, but that's if you want a bundle. Episode. And I go, no, 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 not the bundle, dude. I go, I just, I need, uh, I just need the game. And he goes, oh, turn around. I turn around. There's a thousand Red Dead Redemptions in this cardboard thing. And I grab, and I bought that. I grabbed that. Like I said, feeling myself. Having saved big money on the PS4 Spider-Man Slim Bundle, I grabbed a copy of Red Dead Redemption and bought that and headed out to my car. And here we are, now at my house, with all of the tools. Hey, now, baby, I got the tools. Have you ever been worked on by two guys who are hot for your PS4? (laughs) That's what I'm offering you. Me and Spider-Man naked from the side hatch with the oils and the lube and incense. Uh, We are going to stream for you, motherfuckers. I'm going to twitch the fuck out of all of you. It's coming. It's on the way. I'm I'm fighting for it. I'm going to make it happen as soon as I possibly can. And uh, Ahmad's in town and he's going to help me. And, and I'm, and I, look, I braved, I braved Thanksgiving night for you guys. I went out fucking Wednesday night for you guys. And the best part of it all, I didn't have to fucking go. I didn't have to go to fucking Black Friday, anything. I didn't have to go out. I didn't have to step outside of my house on Black Friday. Not interested. Uh, I got it all done Thanksgiving night. Thanks to Geo at Mission Control sending me where to go and fucking, literally just controlling the puppet strings and telling me what I had to do. And I, and I did it. I was proud of myself because I did it. I wanted to fight it off. I wanted to be an old man. who goes, ah, it's Thanksgiving. I don't want to go out, man. I mean, fuck you, man. Go do something. And to see families enjoying themselves in the parking lot and to be able to accomplish my goal, it felt good. It felt strong. And to stop and get red dead. It was like, I was, this was, it was everything I needed to do. And now I'm, I'm geo just wants me online to stream. Ahmad's the same way. He's like, you just get, we just got to get you up and running, man. Once you do that, people will think you're funny. People will watch you. They'll think it's great. And I'm excited to do that. And it's coming. It's fucking coming. Geo has sent me a Raspberry Pi via FedEx. That's on the way. I told you Ahmad brought me this Raspberry Pi. I've got a Nintendo NES. Uh, dude, here's what I have in my house. Not even joking. I have a Sega. I have a PlayStation. I have an Xbox. I have a Nintendo NES. I'm going to have two Raspberry Pis. And I've got a PS4 Slim Bundle with fucking Spider-Man lurking. Can you imagine how much time I'm going to waste over the next fucking year? It's going to be fantastic. And the best part, you get to come along for the ride. Just go to twitch.com and subscribe to my channel, the 40-year-old boy channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can find out what my live streams are, what I'm telling you about other live streams. I'm going to do live streams to tell you about live streams. It's going to be fucking amazing. You're going to be able to see me talking for 11 years. You guys have listened to me in your ears. Well, now, fuck that. You're going to be able to feast your eyes on me almost every day as I take a cowboy around and take a bath. Don't you want to watch me? Haven't you? Listen, in 11 fucking years, you've been listening to me. Haven't you in your mind just once gone, man, how great would it be to go with Mike to buy a coat and then take a bath? You're, we're all going to do it together, baby. It's in the coming weeks. So, man, go to my Twitch channel and join. It's the 40-year-old boy. And uh, I might even get a Twitch stream in in the next week or so to fucking test it and figure it out. While the mod's here, certainly I'm going to do at least one. And uh, and who knows, man? Maybe I bust out the NES. Maybe I bust out. The, I, look, I've got, I'm have got. i multifaceted. I got Swiss Army game consoles, man. I got Sega Genesis. I got PlayStation, Xbox. I got Raspberry Pis with more fucking things than anybody knows what to do with. Come with me. I'm Frogger. Jump on my back and let's cross fucking streaming traffic together. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me. That's right. You can follow me at, uh, well, no, but I, at Twitter. 
I should mention that. You'd follow me at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm also available at Instagram and Snapchat. Did you know that? Well, now you do. Uh, I, I was sending pictures of food to our friends, our friend Kiki last night. She was like, she's like, I had KFC. I go, really? Here's what I got, a ribeye bone that I jammed in my fucking maw. Uh, so, so follow me. You never know what happens. You follow me on Snapchat. Maybe you get a photo of food. Maybe you get a photo of me streaming. Who the fuck knows, man? But again, I'm at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy, facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike four zero Y O B. That's Mike four zero Y O B. Follow me at Instagram. Follow me at Snapchat for all sorts of cool ass photos and, and, uh, possibly things in glimpses into my life. And then the Twitch channel, man, subscribe to that. The 40 year old boy. It's the, it's all written out. It's not abbreviated. And it's the number four zero The just like the title of the show, the 40 year old boy. That's who I am on Twitch. Go ahead and sign up, man. And I'll be out there fucking playing games. You'll be watching. We'll all be in this together. It's going to be fucking fantastic. Uh, our friend Gio, who I've mentioned is fantastic. He does unbelievable work for this show. He sent me from mission control, all sorts of places to go. And one of the reasons I'm going to be, uh, fuck that. The main reason I'm going to be streaming is because he stepped up and helped. So please go to facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso and become his friend and tell him you like him there and follow his podcasts and the cool stuff that he does. He's at uh, his, his, his YouTube channel is the love between the two hosts. He has his own podcast called Geo Get It On, the Get It On podcast. You can go ahead and check that out. And also, he does all, all, all of the Loveline work for Adam Carolla and Dr. Trupinski. Any any of the Loveline stuff that you stumble upon, I guarantee you, Geo has been there buffing it, shining it up, spitting on it, and rubbing his elbow on it like a goddamn magic lamp and making Adam Carolla and Drew Pinsky leap out of it in more clear clarity than they've ever been in their lives. So please, check out the Loveline stuff as well as his Get It On podcast and the Love Between the Two Hosts YouTube channel. Ryan Dirks does all of the web stuff for this show and he's the best and I appreciate him very much. Go to be his friend at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Tell him you like what he's done for this show. And of course, David Hernandez is the genius who does all of the artwork and the music for this show. And uh, you'll hear him coming up here in a Christmas song. You heard him in the middle here in our Christmas break. Uh, He does the theme song. He's just the fucking best. And I'll tell you this. If you hear the cool ass work he does for me and you want him to possibly do some work for you, well, he's got a website, artbydmh.com. You can go ahead and check that out, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. You can look at the work that he's done in the past, and if you think to yourself, well, you know what, I'd really like to get this guy doing something me for Christmas, first of all, it's the fucking 12th. So you've got 13 days to go ahead and get him on board with doing something oil painting. I don't know if he can do that in this amount of time. Watercolors. He can probably knock that out. I don't know, man. I don't know. I know nothing about art except that my friend David is fantastic at it. So what you want to do is contact him through facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. First of all, go there and be his friend. Second of all, contact him through there and find out what the wait times are and what the turnaround time is on whatever artwork you would want to have him involved in. I mean, he can do a family portrait for you. He can paint your dogs. He can paint, uh, he can paint. He has, Valscapes and Gaikons he's done in the past so you can see the work he's done in caricature stuff as far as paintings I mean anything you could think of he can do it and I'm talking any dude he did a ton of Joker stuff for the fucking video that we did with the Joker hurts people on on YouTube and you can see all of the work there I mean he can work chaotic he can work within within whatever restriction you give him uh, and, and he just does amazing work so you want to find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez reach out to him there find out what the turnaround time is if he can get you something before Christmas or even before New Year's if you want to go ahead and that uh, that route. Some people do two Christmases. Maybe he'll do that for you. Uh, But in reality, what you want to do is you want to go check out his work and see the things that he can do and find out exactly what he can do for you at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. The holiday season There's a poop on the floor And I know the reason A dookie on the counter And a turd in your mail A fudge dragon floating in 
in your fruit cocktail Secret presents for you to unwrap Hey look everybody, it's a big hunk of crap We all know the reason for this cavalcade It's just a happy Merry Christmas from the Ship Brigade Ship Brigade, Ship Brigade Happy Merry Christmas from the Ship Brigade Ship Brigade, Ship Brigade It's a stinky, 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 stinky serenade Kebabs hiding in the pumpkin pie A peanut filled grumpy on your holiday tie Can't seem to find the Christmas mistletoe There's a boot on a string right above you Oh no A foul baby's crying away in a manger An anal snake's lurking, but there's no danger The kitties all know where the fudge is made It's just a happy Merry Christmas from the ship brigade Ship brigade, ship brigade Happy Merry Christmas from the ship brigade sponsors of this show you know that i've told you all about our sponsors in the past uh sponsors plural seems aggressive that's probably not the case we have one sponsor for this show uh it is the lovely and talented fearful jesuit and his podcast the paranoid strain available right now in the itunes store you can go ahead and subscribe to the show via itunes you can download a single episode i don't know why you'd want to do that uh, you know, that's a conspiracy theory of its own. If you go ahead and download just one episode, you can't, you can't do that. They're like uh, they're like oral potato chips. You can't just listen to one. You can't listen to just one. I think I just fucked up a slogan. Still, the point is our buddy Fearful Jesuit has the show The Paranoid Strain available in the iTunes store right now. Give it a listen. Give it a review, please. Tell them that I sent you so he knows that we're uh, doing our job. And, and, and also write him personally at uh, fearfuljesuit at paranoidstrain.com or no, uh, paranoidstrain at gmail.com. I don't remember his email address, but that's, you know, it's easily solved. Listen to the goddamn show and he gives it out a guy, you know, a bunch probably at the end, I would imagine. Uh, and I say I imagine it because I've listened to the goddamn show. Now, I've talked to all of them in the past. He's had, uh, you know, 9-11 shows. He's dealt with uh, the, the Bundy Ranch idiots, you know, sovereign citizens, all that nonsense. But right now, you can get his take on flat earthers. And when I say his take, I mean his destruction, his absolutely tearing apart of the flat earthers. Uh, via any number of ways. He's, he has experts that he, he talks to and talks about their, uh, what, what was it? He got flat earth 
denunciators, I think is, is the, was the term he used. I forget what it was. Or, or refu, refutationers? I don't fucking know. But the point is, he talks to experts uh, who go ahead and help him go ahead and tear, tear apart. He has a guy who has a YouTube channel that's uh, devoted to destroying this theory. Now, look, I got to be honest. I don't, I don't even know why we got to destroy this theory. If you believe in a flat earth, do me a favor. Just walk toward the edge and fall the fuck off. If you want to really prove it to me, do that. Just fall into fucking space by walking to the edge of the goddamn earth. Is it is the ocean supposed to be an infinity pool? Is that how this works? I don't I don't know. If you listen to the show, he explains. I, I and and that's the problem is he tells you and you start listening and you're like, oh my god, wait, gravity doesn't exist. Is that a true thing, really? And and the Bible nonsense. And then there's there's a fucking dude that tells the story uh, about these guys who have a bet and they use like a marker and and a rope and they have a bridge. And one guy says the earth is flat. The other guy says the earth is round. And then, of course, the flat earth guy loses the bet. But then he continues to sue the round earth guy. And then they wind up in a back and forth. I don't want to give away too much, folks, but it exists. Uh, he, he gives you experts being confronted by fucking weirdo psycho guys who are telling them all about how there is a flat earth and asking questions about space. And how can you fake the big blue marble? It's just terrible. He gets into a whole fucking I will tell you this. There's this run he does about Descartes, which is, uh, you know, Descartes coined. I think therefore I am. Uh, I can't say it in Latin, but fucking Jesuit does in the show. And, uh, and then, and then thankfully Dana comes in and goes, yeah, you're pretentious. That means I think therefore I am, which helps. But then he talks about how there are people out there. Uh, uh, he, he gets into sol- sol- uh, solipsism and talks about how people, there are genuinely people out there because they believe they're the center of the universe. Sometimes they actually wonder whether or not they're the only ones who exist. And, uh, and then Jesuit tears that apart by going, well, look, if you're the only one who exists, then quite frankly, that means that you're producing this podcast and you are the Beatles. And he, he runs, he destroys it again, because that's what Jesuit does. He fucking gets his teeth into something and he shakes it to fucking death. And I respect him for it. So go ahead and download paranoid strain, which is the fearful Jesuits uh, podcast. It's available right now in the iTunes store. Leave a review, write him a note, tell him he's the best. Well, no bullshit. Tell him we're the best. And then tell them, but you also like his show. That would be good. That would make me feel good about myself. Uh, so please reach out to him and let him know that you're listening via us. And then he will think we're great. You will think we're great. And I will think you're great. Look at that. It works out great for all of us. Uh, I mentioned the YouTube channel that we have. I've mentioned uh, uh, earlier, just before I was closing out, that their live streams exist. December 20th, folks. December 20th, there will be a YouTube live stream. The 40-year-old boy's Christmas live stream. And I'll be opening gifts from pa- and packages from listeners on the air. If you would like to send me something, I'll give you the P.O. box in just a second. But the point is, again, 6 o'clock p.m., December 20th, that's next Thursday, uh, I will be doing a live stream where I'll be opening packages and we'll have uh, probably cookies and hot chocolate. I might wear a, a goofy sweater. I won't wear a sweater because I can't find one of my gigantic size. But, uh, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a gathering for listeners and me. And, and look. I know I haven't gotten you anything, so it feels stupid for me to solicit for gifts. I'm not really soliciting. My point is, over the years, people always send me stuff. They're very nice. They, you send stuff to the P.O. box. So if you want to send me a card, you want to send me a gift, you want to send me a note, you want to send me my nephew's thumb to prove that you have him in the cabin by the lake and I need to drop off the money by the tree, all of that is fine. You just have to go ahead and use my P.O. box, which is Mike Schmidt, Care of Throat Punch Media, P.O. Box 146, North Hollywood, California, 91603. That address again is Mike Schmidt, Care of Throat Punch Media, P.O. Box 146, North Hollywood, California, 91603. 
Uh, anything that ne- you want to send that needs to be open needs to get here by next Thursday, the 20th. I'll check the uh, e- the mail that day, that afternoon, whatever, right before the live stream, probably. And then I will open packages. I will open gifts. I will open cards. I will show. And if you don't want to show your family's face, tell me. But otherwise, I will be showing all of the because people send me Christmas cards with their family on it. Any, I will be sharing all of these things on the live stream. And if you wish to have that happen, please send stuff and get it here by the 20th. Now, look, you can send stuff that gets here after the 20th. It just won't be open on that live stream. And if it gets here too late, tell me and I'll open it on another live stream. I'll keep it closed up until then because we want to have the surprise. The whole point is we're unboxing gifts, folks. I'm including you in a sort of a a festive fake Christmas morning with me. And that's perfect. So uh, live stream next Thursday, December 20th, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. 8 o'clock p.m. Midwest time, 9 o'clock p.m. in the East, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain, uh, 4 o'clock p.m. in Hawaii, and I think it's 10 o'clock p.m. in Nova Scotia. We have a listener who wrote me, and he's like, hey, man, I think it's a four-hour difference, and so I'm going to guess it's that. If you're in in Nova Scotia, but I'm not, (laughs) yeah, you're everywhere that I'm not, I'm not. That's a song from a million fucking years ago. Uh, So please tune in next uh, next Thursday. December 20th, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time for the 40-year-old boys Christmas stream. And then I will open things. Or, or That sounds awful. That sounds almost like, a, like it's a fucking scat tape. That sounds gross. Uh, how about the 40-year-old boys Christmas show? I like that. A live stream Christmas show. So please check it out next Thursday, December 20th. And while you're there or while you're on your way over there now, why not subscribe to the YouTube channel, the 40-year-old boys YouTube channel? Because, again, as long as I keep my numbers up and they see that that's happening and you guys are there, especially with the Twitch thing coming, you can go ahead and subscribe on Twitch. Like I mentioned, Twitch channel is 40 the 40-year-old boy. Subscribe there through Amazon Prime, and I guess I get a chunk of that. And you guys subscribe on YouTube and then check out the stream. It's all happening, folks. As I have mentioned, it's all coming together we're all going to be together like it's you know it's actually all coming together right now over me so i hope you can be involved uh so please check that out also if you go to mikeschmidtcomedy.com folks right now you can go to mikeschmidtcomedy.com and go to the joe business page and use our amazon link for all of your shopping needs now you know what if you wanted to buy me a gift for the live stream via the uh, the amazon link look at the double help you're giving me at that point that's fantastic so please go ahead to the joe business page click on the amazon link they get money we get money you get stuff it works out perfectly for all of us it doesn't cost you anything extra except five seconds of finding the link and clicking through and then you're in amazon world man you're buying whatever the fuck you want all of your christmas shopping all of your office party needs anything you would want to head uh Go ahead and buy. Do that in Amazon and we get credit for it. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It is a perfect symbiotic triangle relationship with all of us holding each other's forearms in a show of power. So please go to the MikeSchmidtComedy.com website. Go to the Joe Business page. Click on the Amazon link and do all of your shopping so I get a taste of the gig. It works out perfectly for, well, for me, truly. And then maybe you, I suppose. Um... Patreon exists. You can become a Patreon subscriber. Let's talk about a person who just joined, our friend David Williams. I didn't get to mention David on the show last week. I mentioned him on the live stream, though, but I'll mention him now. Uh, David Williams is our man on the ground in, I believe, the Midwest now. He was in New York. Now, I think he's in Missouri. I don't want to say. I don't want to be sure. Someone is pounding on my front door, and I'm not going to answer it as I talk into a microphone, and I pray to God it isn't the police. What if there's a police raid? What if somebody kicks in the door? Ahmad, perhaps, wait, what is Ahmad smuggling from overseas? This could be bad news. Actually, this, uh, you know what? I've got to answer this. Hold on. Children love the Island of Misfit Toys. Here come some kids now. Hey, Mr. Man, you got G.I. Jerkoff? Yes. 
I want a wee spit. Uh, How about a turd puppet? Certainly. Do you have cinnamon eye drops? Well. You got fat baby fall down? I'm not. I want a what's in my turtle toolkit. Okay. I need befoul my unicorn. Sure, we. Do you have electric soap? Uh, yes, of course we do. Right here at the Island of Misfit Toys. The variety never ends. A subsidiary of MikeSchmidtComedy.com. I just, I just listened back to that. You can hear that guy pound the fuck out of the door, can't you? Jesus, that was scary. And listen to this. Uh, wait, I can't. Whoa, that was bubble wrap. That was bubble wrap right in my face. I thought it was going to go on the microphone, but instead it sprayed me in the eye. Uh, I got bubble air in my eye. That's no good. Um, yeah, I needed to answer that because it was a FedEx package that I was expecting. And in my head, I was like, because UPS will just leave this stuff. Amazon just leaves this stuff. I wasn't sure if FedEx would just disappear into the night. So uh, I went ahead and I answered the door. Oh, by the way, yeah, it's now early because I, I the, the earlier segment was earlier. And then I remember I said my schedule was all the fuck off. Well, I had to go get my brother in Long Beach and now it's morning. God damn, it's terrible. I'm just I'm trying to fucking get this up. I had to post everybody. I'm like, it'll be up Thursday morning. I feel like a dick because I hate putting the show up late. And you know me. I'm just a terrible person. Uh, I'm not a terrible person. Sometimes scheduling and sleep gets the best. And you're you're all everything's all freaked out. All right. So the point is. Uh, I just sprayed myself in the eye with bubble wrap that came in a package that was FedEx that I needed to have. And I wanted to make sure that it was stayed. So I had to go ahead and answer the door. And this dude was straight Boston. And he's just like, oh, you're home. I, mean, that's, I can't do a Boston accent. But he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, what's your name? And I said, Mike, Schmitt. I don't know if he's Australian now. I don't know. I can't do accents, folks. Um, whatever. The point is, he he left the package under a carpet, like right in my front door. And then he goes, and what's your name? And I said my name. And he just kept walking. He's like, fine. Like, I mean, I, I could have lied. I could have said it was somebody else. I could be in here murdering Mike Schmidt. I could be Christian Bale with an ax and just wrapped up in fucking plastic wrap. There could be a dead me bleeding out on the goddamn floor. That guy didn't care. I knew the names. So that's all he cared about. Uh, what were we talking about? Patreon, our friend, David Williams, David Williams has become his Patreon subscriber. Although he did the greatest thing ever for me. He, one time he transcribed uh, my, my live show so I could actually study from the script. It was fucking fantastic of him to do that. And it's an amazing thing. And he's offered, he actually wrote me and he's like, look, dude, I'm, I, if you need any transcription stuff, if you want to look toward doing another live show, he's willing to help. And I, and I need the help and I, I welcome the help. So, I mean, I will be involving David in some things because he's, He's a very successful playwright, does very well for himself. He's got a family. I mean, he's doing very well. But for him to reach out, not only become a Patreon subscriber, but to reach out to help me with other things in my career, it's, uh, it's you know, I'm grateful. It's just, it's so generous. And, and it's so nice of David to go ahead and do that. So thank you, David. He's our newest Patreon subscriber. If you want to be a Patreon subscriber, you can go to patreon.com and it's uh, look for my name. Look for, I think it's, I think it's slash Mike 40 YOB, but just go for patreon.com and look for Mike Schmidt or look for the 40 year old boy. And you can go ahead and become a Patreon subscriber. And I'll mention you on the show. We'll do all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, have I, you know, I, there were t-shirts that were in the works. There's all sorts of stuff happening. I, I, you know, please don't ignore the rewards, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy to fulfill them. I got phone calls to give. If you want phone calls, whatever, most people have been very nice. They're just like, man, just take the dough. We don't need any rewards, which is nice of them and then they get access to stuff but i need to be a little more active over there not even a little i should be a lot more fucking active but with the streaming and the stuff if 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 this can become what i want it to be if it becomes my job and i'm not actually consumed with having to go out and drive and all that kind of shit it would be really cool to make uh patreon dovetail it in with this twitch stuff and everything and and do more videos and i i have i have plans i have ideas i hope that you will stick with me as those are coming to fruition you're very nice to do so thank you uh, I know I keep saying that shit over and over and I feel like a dope who wants to hire me for cameo. Anybody out there? Some people do. I'm going to tell you this story because it's fucking hysterical. Uh, I got hired for a cameo. OK, and uh, and it, when when you hire for cameo, it gives you a script 
to work from. Like the person, like if you hire me for Cameo, first of all, download the Cameo app to your phone and then you can book me. It's like 20 bucks and I'll, you know, I'll tell your aunt she's the best. I'll tell your nephew he's the worst. I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do. You want me to tell somebody they're mean? You want to tell somebody that, that you love them? If you want me to call your boss and tell them that you're sick for, for, and you can't come to work, I'm happy to do any of those things for a price. Because everybody's got their price for the million dollar Schmitty. You're goddamn right. And I'm odds my Virgil. We're just going to come to your fucking house. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that's my DiBiase laugh. Um, but if you want me to do anything on the Cameo app, you can hire me to do so. So here's the thing. I get a, I get hired by a guy named Brad. And it said, uh, well, actually, it was for Carissa. It said it was for Carissa, and, and uh, who, as we all know, explains it all. I know that's lacking an L. You need an L to explain it all. Uh, but Carissa, it's and then it said, hey, yo, bro, this is Brad. Uh, me and my brother Chad really dig your stuff, bro. And can you do me a favor and tell Brad to keep his antlers long, bro? Hey, yo, bro, thanks. Like, bro, a hundred times. I mean, just And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't even know who these fucking guys are. Brad and Chad like my show. It just sounds ridiculous. Uh, but I mean, who cares? They coughed up the 20. So I'm happy to say whatever the fuck they want. I'm, you know, last week, again, Brett Favre and some rap stars got tricked into talking to Nazis in my head. I'm like, what are Brad and Chad? What if they're like just fucking conjoined twins or shit? What if Brad's just got a Chad hanging out of his neck? I don't know how it fucking works, but I left them a note. I said, I brought Carissa involved. I believe I mentioned a moose. I mean, I just, it's that thing where I get, I open up the phone and I just talk. I say whatever the fuck I'm going to say. I like to know if I'm supposed to be dirty or mean. If you tell me that, that's great. And if not, I just do the best I possibly can. So I talked to Brad. I talked to Chad. I threw Carissa in there. I did whatever I could. I landed it as best I could. And, uh, and then I sent it off into the ether and I hope Brad and Chad enjoyed it. Then I get an email from listener to the show, Ruben, Jesse Cohen, He's like, all right, I can now reveal my nefarious Cameo plan. He said, if you go to Cameo and you try to sign somebody up, when you're browsing the site, it gives you dummy text that you can use. Like it gives you examples of what to tell the artist to say. And he said, every time I would go, it would always be something like unexciting or or something that was weird or boring. He goes, but I've been waiting for a good one. And so I went there and it literally said that. So that text for Carissa from Brad and Chad, tell Brad to keep his antlers long, bro. We love your show, bro. We dig your stuff, bro. That's that was dummy text from the cameo site that Ruben took and just sent to me and had me repeat it and talk to Brad and Chad for no fucking reason. And I was like, I, I wrote him up because he wrote me. And he's like, all right, that was my plan. And I wrote him. And I go, you were Brad and Chad. I said, I had no fucking idea, dude. I had no suspicions because he had kept asking me about cameo and I had answer his questions, but I never, I never thought of that. And it reminded me of, I, and I told Ruben this too. It reminded me when I was a kid in one of my yearbooks, my friend, Alex Shaw wrote, Mike, you and your brothers have been great friends of mine for a long time. Make it forever. Your pal, Alex. And then I believe it was my buddy, Jeff, went to sign my yearbook. And he wrote, Mike, you and your brothers have been great friends of mine for a long time. Make it forever. Your pal, Jeff. He literally just wrote word for word exactly what Alex wrote and wrote it right <laughs> underneath him. And I'm like, you fucking jag off. Um, but that's what Ruben reminded me of. So if you if look, if you want to get in on these kind of festivities, if you want to have fun, if you've got a Brad and Chad in your life, you want me to talk to go to Cameo, download it to your phone and sign me up. And then I will go ahead and shout, shout, shout at the devil. I'll do whatever the fuck you want me to do. So go ahead and pay me 20 bucks and I'm happy to make it happen. Uh, we talked about Amazon. We've talked about Patreon. We've talked about Cameo. We've talked about the YouTube channel. We've talked about live streams. Hey, who out there wants to be an Uber or Lyft driver? You, you. If you want to be a Lyft driver, use my code, all caps, Mike72057, that's M-I-K-E 
720057. If you want to be an Uber driver, use my code DJZW1YTTUE. That's all lowercase, DJZW1YTTUE. You can use that to become a driver. You can use it as a first-time rider. You can use it as a joker or a toker or a midnight smoker. You can do all of those things. Uh, I will tell you this. If you want to be an Uber driver, you will have adventures not unlike this one. Pretend If you want to be like me, I, I referred to a guy earlier in the show and I never finished it. and I'm not going to because why not? There's another thing I want to tell you about. Uh, I was out driving last week and it was late at night and I went to, there's a bar called adults only in Hollywood and it is a, uh, you know, you sneak around in it. It's like a, I guess it's like a porn store inside, but there's a speakeasy aspect. You got to sneak through a wall. I think, I don't know if you got to crawl through a glory hole. I don't fucking know what the concept is. All I know is it's popular and I drop off and pick up there all the time. So I pulled up to pick up some dudes. It was like 1:45 in the morning on a 2.0 surge. I was very happy to get it. And four guys walk out, they get in the car and uh, they were gentlemen from a different land. And I, I picked up on that right away because, I, uh, you know, they, they started speaking in a different language. They were speaking Arabic in the car. Uh, one of them was. And then uh, they all started to speak English. They were talking. They were interchanging speaking English. And in the back, you know, there's one guy in the front seat, three guys in the back. And uh, the, this kid in, sitting on the bump in the middle, he goes, I was driving in Hollywood and I started to pass Chick-fil-A. He goes, driver, is that a chocolate factory? I said, what are you talking about? And he points, he goes, is that a chocolate factory? And I go, no, that's Chick-fil-A. It's a chicken restaurant. Oh, I thought that maybe that was a chocolate factory. And all his friends laugh. So I'm like, all right, there's a fucking bit here that I don't know about. And that's fine. Chocolate factory, whatever. So I go, no, sir, that's a chicken restaurant. So I kept driving. And then he spoke in Arabic. And then uh, his one of his friends laughed. And then I said, where are you guys from? And they said, we're from Egypt. I said, oh, I said, I'm happy I'm picking you up in America because I heard in Egypt, it is awful to drive. I said, I heard they're maniacs on the road. And he goes, no, sir, you're, you are mistaken. We are, we are very good drivers in Egypt. I said, okay, well, fantastic. I go, but you didn't, we weren't, and because and, he was kind of a smart ass, so I went, uh, well, you know, you weren't brave enough to rent a car in America, so I guess we can't verify that. And, uh, and, he, and his friends laughed. And then he goes, no, sir, we, uh, we, we, we wanted to make sure that you drove us around. We, we did this on purpose so we could meet you. I said, well, of course you did. Look at us all coming together, four Egyptians and a guy just driving you around. It's fantastic. I'm enjoying being your chauffeur. And there was a school and he points, he goes, is that a chocolate factory, sir? I go, I don't know. It's a, it's a school. And he goes, oh, okay. I didn't know you had schools in America. I go, oh, we got plenty of schools in America. And then he spoke in Arabic to his friends. And one of his friends goes to me, oh, just ignore him. He's, he's been drinking. And he goes, I haven't been drinking, sir. He goes, I, I, all I had tonight was chocolate. I don't know why the chocolate thing was a theme, but then he started saying in Arabic something else and his friends didn't say, they know sold it, they didn't talk. So then I got on the freeway and he's like, sir, could you switch lanes? I go, excuse me? And he goes, could you switch lanes? I don't feel safe in this lane. He, he was just being an ass. And I said, wait, no, I literally, I said, I heard in Egypt, you don't even have lanes. You guys just drive in circles and whatever happens, happens. And uh, his friends laughed. And then he goes, no, sir, you're absolutely wrong. You have, you have a completely different view of Egypt than you should. You should go sometime. I said, yeah, I probably should. Although I won't be driving there. Will you drive me around when I'm in Egypt? And his friends laughed again. And he goes, no. I go, really? Because maybe, I mean, wouldn't you want to take me to a chocolate factory in Egypt? You seem to be really fascinated with chocolate factories. And his friends laughed. And then he spoke in Arabic. And he goes, no, sir, you're really misinterpreting this. And I think, honestly, I think you're being a little rude right now. And I said, oh, okay. I go, well, you started the chocolate factory business. And then... He, was, he didn't really think I was rude, but he was trying to no-sell me. Like, he never laughed. He never thought I was funny, but his friends thought I was great. 
So he would speak in Arabic and his friends would go, they would look at him and they'd speak back in Arabic. And then he'd talk to me. He'd hassle me about something about a car. Sir, what color is that car? I go, it's silver. He goes, oh, okay. I didn't know you had silver cars in America. Just being, he was just being a jag off. So I was taking them downtown, not even to like a hotel. They were going to a place where there's usually raves. Like they must've heard somebody, they overheard somebody in the bar talking about an after hours party somewhere. Cause I didn't think that four dudes from Egypt would want to be dropped off near mission street in downtown LA, but there they were. So as we were getting closer, I go, guys, I go, this is a little bit of a rough neighborhood. And this guy goes, well, we're from Egypt. We can take care of ourselves. I go, I understand that. I'm just telling you that I'm, this is, you know, there's like rave parties in this area, but there's also a lot of people selling drugs. Be careful who you talk to. And the, the other three guys were like, thank you, sir. That's really nice. And he's like, well, well, I don't understand why you would drop us off in a drug related area. I go, this is the address he gave me, dude. He goes, no, we were looking for the chocolate factory. I go, I don't even, I have no idea. Literally, this is now the fifth time with the chocolate factory. I don't get the bit, but maybe it's free. And his friends are laughing. They're like, ignore him, please, sir. He's been drinking. And he speaks in Arabic. And then he said, more things in Arabic, more things in Arabic. And then we pulled up to the curb and they said, and his friends were like, thank you. Thank you very much. And he looked at me and he goes, uh, well, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. And I just looked him in the face and I go, shukran. And he froze and his friends froze and looked at me and they just started fucking, I mean, dude, they died laughing. And he looks at me and he goes, you speak Arabic? And I said, what do you think? And he, he got wide-eyed. I go, get out of the car. Enjoy your night. Go find the chocolate factory. That's $10,000. And his friends were like, ah! <laughs> they're pointing and they're just like, they were like yeah, pulling his yeah, hair and yeah, pulling his shirt. They're like, yeah! And he was just like, I can't believe he speaks Arabic. I can't, I can't believe. And then... You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Schmidt. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Schmidt. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Schmidt. Given the choice between the two of you, I'll take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Schmidt. You're a nasty, nasty squirt. Your heart is full of unwashed socks, your soul is full of dirt, Mr. Schmidt. The three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, You're dirt, dirt. You're a rotter, Mr. Schmidt. 
pots. Your heart's a dead tomato squash with bony purple spots. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up and tangled up knots. Decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce.